Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Uticast episode 209. You know, I never, I'm having a hard time coming up with stuff to do at the beginning of these now as we get past the four year mark. Anyway, joining us this week for her second time on the podcast, Katie Martin is here. You may know her from Character Coffee, or you may know her as a candidate for First Ward Common Council seat. We are very excited to have her back on the show. Uh, Also this week, you know, I had notes for stuff we were going to talk about, but we ended up going off script a lot. We talked about uh, Outback Steakhouse, talked about birds getting killed by lions, we talked about Woodstock, uh, the band and the dog, uh, or the music festival and the dog. We talked about uh, Stranger Things and celebrity crushes and history lessons, so all over the board this week, plus a really interesting interview uh, with Katie Martin. Uh, if you are listening to this on Tuesday, get out and vote uh, for your county primaries and seats. It's important to make your voice heard. Uh, episode 209 of the Uticast. We are happy, as always, to have you here. Again, we'll yeah, see we'll you next, next week. week. Thank you. <laughs> Fast as humanly possible. We're back. We're back, folks. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, folks. It's the Unicast uh, episode 209. We are one week one week removed from our four year anniversary episode. Uh, how does it feel? We've survived four years. We're back into just regular episodes. I guess we're, last week was a regular episode. Hundred percent. Yeah. Always yeah. the same. Yeah. I don't know why. Well, uh, but we're. <laughs> At 209, uh, we're joined uh, by Katie Martin, who's joining us for her second time, uh, talking about Character Coffee, which uh, a year and a half, uh, was it 80 episodes ago they were on, uh, and it was the day before they opened. So there you go. Uh, And then she's also here, of course, to talk about uh, being a candidate for the first ward for Common Council, so we had a great conversation uh, about that. Pretty long conversation, too, so uh, good times talking to her. Heather, of course, is back. Heather Waz. Hello, Heather. How are you? Good. How are you feeling this week? How's your husband? How's your son? Everybody's great. Everyone's good. Do you guys go anywhere exciting no, the weekend? No, we actually did lawn work this weekend. That's very low-key for you. Yeah, I didn't do any. I watched. You? <laughs> Why I not? I hate lawn work. I don't like doing it. Really? I just don't like it. I I don't mind... I think I've talked about this before. I like mowing the lawn. Yeah, that's fine. I, I can mow the lawn. But don't make me rake anything. Raking is like punishment. I feel like I've been tricked into doing like something for as a crime. But, yeah. you know, I, I can't stand raking. But I I'll, like I'll, to rake. You like to rake? Love to rake. Nah, I can't like stand to rake. Taking out a bush that had been in our yard for a while, and then replanting other plants, and I just uh, feel like that's just a waste of my no, time. No, that's good stuff. That's good. I like it. It looks nice. I just didn't want to do it. Uh, before <laughs> Kevin is also here. Kevin, welcome. Oh, hey, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, usually, I ask you how you're doing, and uh, usually get like a good. Uh, but I'll ask this question. Uh, as opposed to last week. Trending Would you like up? me to be doing more poorly? Yeah. Okay. Trend, uh, as, as opposed to last week. Trending up or trending down since last week? How Ever you upwards. Oh. Ever upwards. Ever upwards. Like the mountain on a shirt. Yes. Yes. Mountain upwards. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Summit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. What? It's fine. That's good. <laughs> uh, so, Heather, I want to start with you. It's this, this the topic that we need to discuss. Oh. 
at your at your 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 place of employment, yeah. there was a horrible murder that happened recently. Oh, I thought you were talking about something else, but go No, we have to talk about the bird murder. Uh, oh. Your peacock was murdered by a lion. What? Were you there? Yes, I was. What kind of scene are we talking about here? I gotta I know. know. I'm very curious. Um, I was working. We got a call over the radio that he had came, he had gotten into the lion. He, just, he got into the den? Yeah, he flies in there. They do fly. People don't know that peacocks can fly. Like, I didn't know that. Then how come you never see the peacocks at, like... Proctor Park. I don't yeah. know. How come they don't like fly away? Yeah, I don't know. It's a great question. A, I mean, if I they can get into the lion cage, we think they can. They like, can they fly on top of the roof. Like sometimes they'll sit out. I definitely see them on the bathroom roof a lot. Yeah, they're yeah. by my window, pecking on the screen. Mm-hmm. I guess my question is, it not like a sustained flight? Like they can get off the air for a little. Like they're not gliding yeah. around no, like they're eagles, not like right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, that's like what you, I think of if they were if they described. I would say I like how you appealed to my base uh, animal instincts, like a pterodactyl. I'm like, I know what that is. Um, but I'm very sorry to hear about yeah, it was what was his name? Merlin? Merlin. Merlin. But I didn't know him as well, so I was kind of like intrigued about what was How going on. How could you possibly know I would be intrigued. Well, everyone's been there with him for 15 years, so they, it was hard. This one girl got the call and she wanted to try to save him and she couldn't. In the den? Oh, well, she no. wanted to. I mean, it's, but I mean, she you can't. No. Can't let a person go in. No, the she den. didn't go in, but she no. wanted to. <laughs> yeah, it I mean, hard. there's not much you can do, but that's a tough one too because it's not like it was one of those like just a regular blue peacock mm-hmm. or one of those dirty ass brown peacocks. No, <laughs> it was. But it was the the full white yeah. like crown jewel of the flock. I mean, even People.com did a story on it. Like, I'm, it not, was, I'm not like, surprised. It was well, crazy. that's also, I mean, from I would have to imagine from a business end, like. You know, you're a zoo, and people come to see the animals there, and that's the loss of an asset. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's yeah. a... There's probably a quantifiable number on what that peacock's value is. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. it's a it's a tough thing for a zoo, but I could I would be the same way, though. I'd be intrigued. Like, I, I would, a little bit like... I would want to see it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. what's going on, and I'm trying to... I've watched I, enough I nature sad, documentaries. I but I wasn't as sad as everybody else, so I was like, well... Mm-hmm. You know, but we had to stop kids from going up in there, and... Mm. Everything, so. Yeah, but especially a white bird. That must have been How a do you, gruesome scene. Do they, okay, again, and without going into detail, do you have to have somebody, like, take the lions out and put them in a thing and have somebody, like, clean the whole, yeah. sterilize the yeah. cage and stuff? Well, it's not, it was, like, where the ground is. Like, right, 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 right. But, yeah, they had to bring the lions, and they didn't, like, punish them. They gave them fish treats and things like that, because that's what they would do. Well, so they didn't want to make them feel like they had done something wrong. It's true. It's like when Charlie kills a sparrow and brings it to me, I have to be like, that's a good cat for, yeah, great. for bringing nice this job. dead animal into my so house. So, they did that, and then, yeah, they had to go out and huh. clean. And it was really emotional for the zookeepers. They were emotional yeah. cleaning all of that up. They've all known him for a long time, so. You, of course, were heartless and had no care. No, I so. care. I work for the zoo. I care. I'm with you. Heather, I'm with you. But yeah. I just was. Don't let Sam I was you. more, I was, I was interested. <laughs> It, so. it's a it's a wild story again i think again you tied into it. i did not know that the uh peacocks could sustain enough flight to get over what i assumed was too tall of a wall yeah. on that thing uh you you want to know what the worst take i saw is about this whole thing there was I a bad a take on this Ton, uh, yeah. yeah tons of bad to get on the internet everybody's got a bad take about everything <laughs> yes. but a bird um people being like oh yeah apparently this is news in utica only like somehow, the, <laughs> somehow it being in the news that this bird got killed in the lion cage, that being covered by the news was somehow an indictment of the city of Utica, like as a as a. Whole yeah. Thing. No. Okay. I see. 
That's yeah. lame. They're like, oh, only in Utica would they cover this. I'm like, you're yeah, a dumb idiot. They covered it across the whole United yeah. States. <laughs> just, just, Justin yelling about bird or murders in every town. about the zoo and yeah. how we treat our animals. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you got that one, yes. too, like the anti-zoo like, people. Yes. Yeah, how come nobody stopped this bird? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why don't you guys put a net over the lion thing? I'm like, really? They fly. Mm-hmm. They... <laughs> Uh, well, that's the law of the jungle. Uh, speaking of the law of the jungle, sometimes the weak ones get put down. And that's right, Outback Steakhouse. You oh. Gone. 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 No, it was just sure. random. It was quick. It wasn't like something yeah. planned. Kevin is an expert. Oh, I've been circling Jane for years. Yeah but, well, it, can... but, yeah, but it wasn't like these people knew their jobs were going to be gone like in a week. Well, mm-hmm. that's what they do. That's how they do it. Yeah, they mm-hmm. just they pull the trigger when it's a corporate restaurant. Kevin, you were somewhat familiar with this Outback. Were you? Was I used to work there years ago. I enjoyed you? my time at Outback quite a bit, actually. Are you sad to see it go, or was this expected from? I don't really care. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's sad. I saw some friends of mine who I used to work with post some stuff. People had worked there for a long time and yeah. put in a lot of time, moved into management, you know, done stuff like that, and really. Especially when people are a little bit younger and like you know made like forged relationships and friendships. Now it meant a lot to them. Like have that job as it does when you're young. I feel bad for those people. Yeah. Um. I feel bad for anybody who liked it there. There were always a lot of great regulars there. A lot of people who come in. I feel bad for anybody who's not happy about it. Yeah. But for me personally, I don't care at all. Yeah. You know, it's just not. I don't. I think I went back in there one time after I left all those years ago, and it was like. I don't even think it was that one. It was just an hey, outback yeah, somewhere. Yeah, outback, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Are they all closed or just ours? No, just, just that, that one. one. Oh, okay. They were talking about closing it four years ago. You yeah. know what I mean? They've been they've been pushing it for a while. A lot of like other food options have opened up in the intervening years too. Like, like Texas Roadhouse. Oh yeah, yeah, te- yeah. Texas Roadhouse. I think pulls the final boot yeah. on the neck. Yeah. Um, because outback has become. In, like, that first wave of nationally penetrating chains, it's yep. become passe. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, uh, just like Applebee's is talked about now, just like yeah. Chili's, Chili's is talked about now, yeah. TGI Fridays, all that kind of stuff. And the yeah. chains have gotten a little bit slicker about how they market themselves. And so that, like, next wave of chains are the ones that are prospering a little bit more. It's mm-hmm. funny because if you take away that sort of next wave, and I don't know if, like, 99 Steakhouse is, like, the next wave or, no like, wave. Texas. No way. 99 <laughs> no wave. wave. I, I don't uh, zero waves at 99. Um, I'm trying to think, though, like, if you put up, like, the Outback and the Chili's and the Applebee's in front of me, all three of them, right, I'd probably pick Outback. I don't really like App- uh, Applebee's or Chili's in almost any time Applebee's, I've ever really Applebee's eaten. is a clear step down from a place yeah. like Outback. They get lumped in together, but, like, you get real food in a different way in an Outback. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, they're cooking, like, like real steaks and different kinds of steaks and prime rib and like actual food whereas applebee's is a little bit more towards the almost like friendly style you know yeah, what i mean like where it's like and they more applebee's is a lot closer to like a fast casual fast food style spot than i bet they're right. next to go i bet they'll be next applebee's yeah they're gonna go i think applebee's the ones here yeah i wonder if they do well here is TGI Friday still a thing? Is that still around? Or is that also kind of like going the way of the dinosaur? Uh, we never had one here, so I don't know. We never had one, but uh, I feel like that was the one I used to see all the time. Especially in New York, there were like 15 of them just all over the place. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that still exists. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's as... I mean, there's probably... This is probably a mis, misstatement, but I don't feel like there's as much of a an outpour of people who like these kind of restaurants. No, I as think there people no, definitely like not. to go local. Yeah. Well, like I said, they've become... They've become passe. They're all kind of a one-trick pony, right? Like, when they all started yeah. becoming a thing, people went in like, oh, this is really good, but it was very new. And now I think people, diners have, people who go out to dine have evolved a little bit more. And also, people are poorer. 
Yes, that's Which a really a big thing too. part of it, I too. Mean, there's, it's yeah. no surprise that for the last X amount of years, you've seen all these major chains chasing this, like, feed four people for nine ninety nine <laughs> and pick your courses and, like, those kind of meals and stuff because they're trying to get people in because no longer are people in a position where they want to go out and drop 50, 60 bucks on, you know, once a week, twice a week. Can you think of the last time you went to one of those type of restaurants where you were impressed? Yeah, Texas Roadhouse. Texas Roadhouse? Yeah. Yeah, I've not yet been to Texas Roadhouse. I ended up at the Texas Roadhouse up here in Hartford. Um, we went because a friend of mine who I used to work with years ago was their kitchen manager. Mm-hmm. So they had like a friends and family soft open where like food was free, you just come in, you only pay for your drinks, and like just oh, like, nice. come, kind of do it that way. And we got to try all this different food, and everything was really good. Like everything was I really good. I was impressed when I went. Yeah? Yeah, I went. I haven't been, I don't think I've been for When it first opened, I didn't, I thought it was too salty. I didn't, I didn't like it. See, I that it was very salty, but yeah. that's not okay. a that's not really, that's not like a bad mark for them. It was properly salted. It was not properly salted. It was definitely properly salted. <laughs> so I'm trying to think. When I was working in Times Square at Carmines, which is not mm-hmm. necessarily a franchise, but there were a bunch of them. There were five of them across the country, and then they're also connected to a variety of other somewhat, mm-hmm. you know, larger it's restaurants. Like a yeah, type yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember they opened up. A chain version of Carmine's necessarily. It's a place called Boca de Beppo. Boca de Beppo. That's it's terrible. Terrible name. Uh, but again, it was like a, a mainstream, like generic version of the big family style Italian food that we were making. And I remember for like three weeks, it was a big discussion. They're like, "Oh no, this place doing the same exact thing as us." We're like, "Oh wait, it's it's garbage." Yeah. Just like every time somebody starts a website that sounds vaguely like a Made in Utica thing, yeah, they're like, "Oh no, what are we gonna do?" They're gonna be garbage. Yeah. They're gonna try to do the same thing we do. It's gonna be trash. They'll fizzle out in two weeks. Uh, you know what's funny though? I said that about the other restaurant that opened up next to Carmine's, and that one's still there. That was Guy Fieri's restaurant, which he opened. Well, up. That's a different story. Of course, <laughs> of course, that's all. You wouldn't expect that to close. I expected Guy Fieri's restaurant to close. It got savaged when it opened up. Yeah, yeah, that's that's by design. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a <laughs> good marketing decision. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that's a bad thing? Uh, so probably not. No, you're right. I see what you're getting at. No, you're right. You forget that like the majority of the vast majority of consumers, especially the people who choose to eat in Times Square, I feel like are like flyover state old folks <laughs> who don't think of it the same way you know what i mean like those people are like oh we see him on the tv he's so funny in classic fashion i've gotten way off the, the tangent here i guess i'll get one more food-based question before i get back on track uh i've been to a couple different celebrity chef restaurants i've been to i know humble brag hashtag has given me a dirty look uh well i was in new york there's it's more it's there's fine. a lot more of them in new york it's right fine. uh i went to anthony bourdain's restaurant which is called oh, las Hales, which was Amazing. Now, mind you, when I say Anthony Bourdain's restaurant, he did not cook me a steak. It was the restaurant that he That's started and no longer None worked. of these guys cooked Yeah, none of them, steak. right. Yeah. Uh, I went to Mario Batali's restaurant, uh, which was amazing. Uh, and I did not go to Guy Fieri's restaurant. <laughs> but I'm curious, if there was a celebrity chef restaurant you guys had ever been to, or if you haven't, whose restaurant would you like to go to if you could? <laughs> oh, gosh. I got a couple well, I could... I'm only because I'm a fan I would I want to go to like something Gordon Ramsay has. That was my first thought. I'm, I'm very like a curious. big Gordon Ramsay fan, so I would be happy for him to make me some food. Well, he's like considered like this like this all knowing entity. Mm. It seems like, and I'm like, I wonder how good his food. I know. Is, I really though. want to know if his risotto like, is really that yeah. good. Could Beef Wellington really taste <laughs> yeah, that good? No, it's just it's steak like, and pastry. Like, how good could it possibly <laughs> taste? I'm probably very good. Kevin, what about you? Um, the closest thing I've been to a celebrity chef's restaurant is uh, Dominic down at Parkway Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty Tom behind the counter doing his thing. 
uh, making the rice balls real nice. Um, <laughs> if, Best. I would say a lot of the places I've seen that have opened that have looked really cool have been um, the David Chang places because he's uh, got like yeah. 900 different shows. Mm-hmm. So they're always showing off and he's always on Vice and like all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. So it's exposure bias where I've seen it so much so I'm like these would look really cool. Humble brag, I think that's Mumafugo and it's excellent. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. He's got like whatever the place in Los Angeles, I don't know mm-hmm. what it is. But yeah, there's a... But I would go wherever. Yeah. Like, you just yeah, eat the yeah. food. I don't think I would ever go to a place because it's somebody's restaurant. See, I don't think I, that would necessarily be a selling point for me. I think, and again, I hate to make it a New York City thing, but when we were in New York, that was like a thing for a while. It's like, let's go to this guy's restaurant. Let's go to this guy's yeah. restaurant. Because you were starting to see, like, more of these celebrity chefs. Like, I remember... Um, there's this guy, Eddie Hung, who they, uh, the show Fresh Off the Boat was about. Like, that's his mm-hmm. life story. Uh, he had a bow restaurant in New York, and he was like, I was like, we got to go to this place because he's this guy, right? Mm-hmm. So I think you started to see it again, especially in the social media era. There's another guy, the guy who, Justin Warren, who ran Do We're Done. was desperate to flex with some clout. Yeah. Like, oh, guess where I was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You I know think, this guy. Yeah. The influencer. me with that guy. Influencer culture. me with them likes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Influencer culture. Need that dopamine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right, so uh, we went really long on that. That's uh, okay. I love food. It was good. I like talking about it. Uh, I have two quick announcements on my end. One, just a shout out. Um... To all the great folks at the Root Farm in Sequoia, I went up to the Root oh, Farm yeah, uh, this place. week. Yeah, it was really, really cool. Um, I'm, I'd am i be remiss if I uh, said that I remembered everybody's names because I'm the worst. But all the folks I, I met up there who were really, really, really super cool to us. We had uh, Jeremy Earl on a couple years ago. He's not with that yeah. direct company anymore. But first time I went up there, we did the zip line and the wall climbing. And like the I was calling it the horse experience. They have a better term for it than having you hang out with the horses. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool facility, yeah. and they do some really good work up there. And I spoke with a lot about the guys about how it's sort of – a lot of people don't know it's there. If you never knew it was there, go check out the Root Farm cool. in Sequoia. It's really cool what they're doing out sure. there. Uh, and the other one is I am – uh, I'm rapidly counting down the hours before I have to go to bed because at 3 in the morning, I have to get up. I have to leave for Washington, D.C. for three days. I'm going on a trip to Washington, D.C. Kevin's... For, huh? For? For work. I'm taking, oh, your field trip I'm taking kids there. Yeah, we there? go every year. I feel like you just did that like three months ago. It feels like it was three months ago. No, it's every year we've gone. This is my third year in a row. That's awesome. I'm sort of debating whether or not I'm going to continue... Um, like cataloging the trip on social media it's usually a good um traffic Mm -hmm. uh getter but it always kills a battery on my phone when i'm out there (laughs) i knew that would have grabbed you one of those little chargers got a power pack power pack yeah yeah uh justin's yelling at me he's got a bunch uh but i'm really looking forward to it this year i've been to dc a bunch of times now i'm really i really enjoyed every time i've gone out there uh i'm a little disappointed that I will be there doing work while the primaries are going, or while the uh, debates are going on, on Wednesdays and Thursday nights, but that's okay. Uh, but I'm not looking forward to getting up at 3 in the morning, I have to tell you. Fine. I'm not, it's 3 in the morning, what time do you have to go to bed to get up at 3 in the morning? Like 7. 7, right? So I'm... I'm but I won't fall asleep till 11, though. Just lay around in bed. Yeah, so. That's my concern. Even if I go sleep. to bed at 9, I'm never, I'm never going to fall asleep. I mean... Yeah, I mean... Yeah, they, just sleep on the way there. Yeah, that's the move, right? Is like, just... Get a couple hours sleep, drag myself out there, and then sleep on the bus for a couple hours in the morning. But sleeping on a bus is the worst. Mm. Also, sleeping in a hotel is the worst. I hate sleeping I in a hotel. I can't sleep in hotels. Um, like I get two or three hours a night sleeping. I'm glad that you're on this. I'm glad that you're on this pedestal with me because a lot of people think I'm crazy. I'm, uh, I have a hard yeah. time sitting yeah. in. They make me uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Smell funny and germy. Yeah. Cat thoughts. Hotel rooms. Um, dependent on the hotel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've stayed in some really nice hotel rooms that were like a dream. 
And I've stayed in some hotel rooms where you don't want to sleep because you got to be ready. <laughs> you just got to be ready. And everything else in between. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's uh, uh, what I will say about hotels is um, I often have a tough time finding a hotel with pillows that I like. Yes, yep. I need pillows. They give you, every hotel I go to, I feel like gives me the feather pillows. Mm-hmm. The feather pillow is a nice supplementary pillow, but it cannot be the main pillow. I got a really big head, and I got to support my head when I'm sleeping. I'm like a side and a stomach sleeper, so I need, I need my pillows the way I need them. Uh, I really think my problem with a hotel room is temperature regulation yes, and air quality. The air is always very cold because the air conditioner beyond, right? Oh, see, I like that though. But then once you get in the bed, the covers are very hot. So then yeah. I'm in this perpetual state of like, am I hot? Am I cold? I can't sleep. Now and I can't it's sleep. it's dry and the lighting's not good. I think the general prospect of sleeping in a bed that I'm not familiar with is tough anyway. Yep. Like just the mattresses feel different. Yep. Like there's, yeah, that's I not a good one for me. I don't want to the sheets at the bottom of the bed. You don't want to take the black light out, look no. at anything, no. No. This is a nice hotel we're staying in. It doesn't though, matter. I stay in hotels. Uh, <laughs> We've been in nice hotels. <laughs> this this segment has gone 19 minutes. I, did, Sorry, I touched guys. none of the stuff I meant to talk about. Uh, real quick, go out and vote in your primaries for Oneida County today if you're getting this. Uh, I had to send an absentee ballot, which is something I've never done before. I had to go to the Oneida County Board of Elections today. Uh, but go out and vote no matter who you're voting for. It's important to make your voice heard. Uh, guys, uh, one story today. Vernon Downs is close to bringing Woodstock back there. Do you have any thoughts about Vernon Downs Woodstock? I'm not going. You're not going anyway? You, know? <laughs> you, have, kids, you have a child. You can't take your child with know, you. Yeah. Unless you're one of those hippie parents. No. No? You don't think so? Okay. Yeah, would you be more interested in going to Woodstock <laughs> if it's at Vernon Downs than you would have been otherwise? Um, whatever. Um, I feel like if they don't sell day passes, there's no chance. Yeah. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not, I don't like the lineup enough to go for three days. But it is tough because there's artists I want to see every day on that old lineup they had released. So we'll see. Yeah. It all it's all dependent on lineup and whether or not you can get day passes. Do I really like the idea of being able to come home to my oh, house yeah. after yes. each day of Woodstock? That's yeah, that's yeah. the dream. One hundred percent. Hashtag Woodstock lives. Uh, all right, gonna move on to the next one real quick. Uh, oh, this is a really interesting one. Um, New York State is talking about ending suspending driver's licenses over traffic tickets. And I think this is a phenomenal idea as a guy who has gotten many, many traffic tickets in my lifetime. Uh, you have any thoughts about getting rid of traffic tickets as something to spend your license over? What does that wait, mean? Wait, wait, what do you mean? They're not going to suspend them anymore if you get traffic? Uh, in New York, the most common cause of driver's license suspension is failing to pay for even one traffic ticket. In 2016, more than 65% of suspended licenses across the state were due to drivers failing to pay a traffic ticket mm-hmm. or failing to appear in court. Uh, and a lot of it is saying that a lot of these suspensions fall on drivers who are minorities or poor and can't afford the okay. baseline tickets anyway. And it is true. like Those mm-hmm. tickets that you get for parking on the street are ridiculous. Are we talking about parking tickets or are we talking about traffic tickets? Like uh, we are talking about uh, says traffic tickets. I mean, parking tickets, I assume, would fall under this concept as well. You'll, you get suspended for getting parking tickets as well? I don't think so. No. No. I don't know. Uh, it just seems, I don't know, I thought this was an interesting story. That's all I have for you. They're talking about suspending, driver, uh, suspending driver's license, uh, ending suspending driver's license over traffic tickets. The people are just going to be breaking rules all the time and not have to get any consequence for it. Have you driven on the parkway? People don't follow the rules anyway. I know, anyway, I hate ne- driving on the parkway on the way to work. Really? It's terrible. I like driving on the parkway. Ugh, try uh, 8 no o'clock one, in the morning. Uh, people think that you can pass in the left, in the right lane. They think it's a 55, lane. too. It's, it's a 30 mile an hour road, right? Yeah. Am I wrong here? Okay. You can go 40. In the mm-hmm. left-hand lane, and people will pass you on the right-hand lane. 
That's terrible driving. They don't even drive. They don't follow Horrendous. any. It's like no. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that, it's like calling traveling in basketball. They don't call the rules anyway anymore. So why are we suspending people for it? There you go. That's my only take on it. Uh, all right, that's it. Let's go to this week's interview. We've already gone way too long in this segment. Uh, let's talk to Katie Martin again. Uh, first time she's been on in over 80 episodes. Uh, we had a really, really nice conversation about character coffee, uh, about uh, running for first word, uh, first word candidate. You can check out our website, katie4utica.com. Let's get to this week's interview. Katie Martin. Thank you for saying that. It's very yeah. nice of you. I talk to people all the time, and I actually just started following uh, some guy who started his own podcast earlier this week, some new podcast mm-hmm. around here. And um, what I noticed is a lot of, last couple months, I've noticed more podcasts sort of creeping up in yeah. the area. I know the Thinkubator guys have one. I know that there's mm-hmm. like, um, there's one that follows me and I'm totally going to blame. My husband wants to start one at the coffee bar. It's, I mean, they're everywhere. It's, <laughs> it's something that I talk about because I grew up as a musician, yeah. right? And I was in that weird magic world where it was before the internet so if we wanted to make a record we had to go to a studio right. and pay some like weird rock star burnout yeah. like nine thousand dollars for three songs so we, we like missed the digital revolution <laughs> by like two years we're like damn it we could have so saved close. so much money um but i think now the accessibility of it yeah. is really is really um it's really uh what's the word i'm looking for it's tantalizing it's like oh i could have this platform and it's not very hard to do it right and the programs are all there what I've learned, 209 straight episodes in, is it takes a certain level of insanity, of personal sure. neurosis and crazy, to drive yourself to have to do it's it every week. It's a beautiful way to look at it. It's I'm, so true. And like I'm saying, I'm leaving for Washington, D.C. at right. 3 in the morning, which is closer than I care to admit. Right. Um, right. And I had to find a way to like make these shows work. And I've, I've had it happen before. Like I'm glad a lot of that... sacrifice. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest, sure. the hardest part for doing this and having it sustain is yeah. just being a neurotic maniac. There's going to be weeks you don't care to do it. and then it's, Almost every week. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's honestly, it's the same thing. It's like, it's, the coffee shop's fun, but at 6 a.m. in the morning, like, this sucks. I think it's <laughs> anything, I always say this about, like, if you're not a little bit stressed out or scared doing it, you, you're yeah. probably not working hard enough, you're probably not I trying agree. hard enough, right? Yep. I try not to ever get too, too comfortable doing this show. Sure. Uh, and it happens sometimes. I know there's been weeks over the years where I've just been like, ah, this is a, this is a bummer week. Just <laughs> no news. My uh, guests were kind of a pud. I got nothing, right? I got, right. So, um, and it's happened, right? But I think just that drive to make something for people who rely on it. That's yeah. the other thing. Like, I know there's some people who like to listen to the show every week, and I don't Absolutely. want to disappoint them with nothing right, right. yeah uh thank you that was a great uh, sweet. uh katie martin welcome back it's been it's been one and a half years uh wow. we're gonna talk about that in just one second but i was reading uh i was on your twitter today and i saw something <laughs> you're, you're a great twitter by the way we're gonna talk <laughs> a, we're gonna talk a lot about social media today because i have a lot awesome. of questions um but i saw something on your twitter what's your twitter handle one more time just at katie okay very good i knew that i knew that uh i saw you wrote that you are a type Eight, and I didn't know what that I'm was. I'm so excited to talk to okay. you again. Okay. <laughs> okay, because I 
I had to look it up. I assumed yeah. it was some sort of personality type thing. So I looked it up at the uh, the Engram Institute, which I think is what you're talking about. Yes. A type 8 personality is a powerful, dominating type. You are self-confident, divisive, uh, decisive, willful, and confrontational. Yes. There's nine <laughs> types, by the nine way. Nine types. Okay. Lot. Yeah. Is this different than what I assumed was always just type A, type B personality? Very. Okay. Yep. All right. Good. And it's everybody's... I mean, don't stop what you're doing. Listen to the show, but then go take it. It's you can do the paid version. It's twelve dollars. I mm. get nothing out of this, by the way. I'm okay, just obsessed with this. Yeah, no supporting. So, this program, 144 yeah. questions for the twelve dollar version online, but they rank each type. Mm. So that really helps you to decipher. Because I also, uh, I have one point away from a type five. So I've mm. had kind of which is this uh, overthinker intellectual type. It just says stress on this button. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <the stress laughs> so type. eights turn into a five when they're stressed. So that's yeah. probably why. But there's also free ones, enneagramtest.net. Hmm. Definitely take yours. Hmm. That's but interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. it holds pretty true, I found. We used to do something called, uh, we do this for our students at school. And again, I'm yeah. not promoting the company. Do whatever you want. It's a company called Indigo. And they do something oh, which is, yeah, very similar. Yeah. Like you answer, it's not even questions so much. You rank things in mm-hmm. order. And that's actually the weirdest part. It's like, which of these things is the most important to right. you? And then it will be some really vague like a tree, right. like a homicidal madman. You're like, so what are these things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that was another interesting yeah. one. It's sometimes you don't trust these things as you're taking them, and then right. you get to the end, and you're like, huh? Yeah, this one got it. they got me good <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Uh, do you on. have you th- do you think it's been sort of beneficial or uh, what's the opposite of beneficial? Uh, I'm why am I losing uh, my word? What's the end of the sentence? <laughs> <laughs> like uh, to to this campaign in general, sure. talking about like your your sort of willfulness Has it and been? your. It's hard, too, because I think I've come off me being confrontational. Like, it's actually mm-hmm. me just overly caring and there's a passionate. Lot of there. And there's a lot of, um, what's the word? I don't There's just, like, this really tender side and vulnerable side that yeah. kind of drives that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people get, it pushes people away. So mm-hmm. there's ways that I have to reap. I've had to really stop and think of, like, what is, I think we were just talking about this, if I win, I have to represent people who disagree with me on topics, and yeah. how do I make them comfortable and bring them <laughs> forward to the table and the conversation, because that matters. It's not about me having my ideas go forward if I win. I've actually yeah. come around on the idea that I'm not confrontational enough. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm like a, I'm like a nice guy. Yeah. I'm like, I, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, See? I think on this show... In the history of the show, there's only been one time I've ever had a really? guest on the show who was confrontational to yeah. me, and that was Larry Sharp. No way. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> no, I, I, but Larry, what was nice about Larry is I think that Larry also was like, I don't want to, I don't mean this the wrong yeah. way. People are going to take this the wrong way. Say he it. was theatrically, like, uh, confrontational. Yeah. Like, he had strong opinions, and they were different than mine, right. but after the episode was over, like, he wasn't right. like actually mad at me. He's like he understood that we I disagreed. Yeah, and he I, even said he's like I'm sure that it's like you want interesting content too for your show. Right. Like I'm sure that us having a confrontation is more interesting than than like There's just a regular. Con- so I thought that was a really interesting. For me, thing. it's the confrontation too of getting to the point. Yeah. That's why I think I had a really hard time living in the South when I was in Charlotte. Sure. <laughs> I'm like just cut to the chase because that that means I appreciate you. Let's save both our times and <laughs> get to the point of it. Which also mm. you need to have that relationship first to get there. Uh, so we are doing this interview on the eve of the primaries for the uh, the Democrats and Republican I primaries. I wish it was tomorrow right now. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm curious. So yeah. you, I saw you say this on Twitter. You were uh, registered as independent. Yes. So I, you are just outside looking in right now on this. Completely. I don't have a say, and that's okay. But. You know, it's funny because I remember when I registered to vote. I was like, we were in right. economics class in high school, whatever it was. They told us, my teacher told us, like, look... I know that you guys all want to 
be independent. And there's nothing wrong with being independent. But be aware that if you register independent, you can't vote in the primaries. Right. And I remember that at the moment being like, huh, I'd like to write down independent because it seems like some edgy punk rock thing to right. do when I'm like 18 years old. But I was like, you know what? I should I should make okay. a decision, right? Like, And, uh, and I've been grateful, actually, that I've done mm-hmm. it over the years. But I also think that, like, you know... I feel as we get into this sort of more amorphous political where we live in now, where like the line, it, it feels so extreme on both sides. I think there's sort of a, a reach for people to want to have something in between that independent yeah. third choice. I think that's more and more on the rise. I think everything's so binary now. It's also yeah. yes, it's so yes. no, and that's what kills me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and independence doesn't necessarily mean moderate, but I do mm-hmm. see both sides. I do. I think I lean more libertarian and. In the dream world, if I could have no government, (laughs) (laughs) military and basic things, I think that's where I would go when it's in the hands of the people. But Mm -hmm. it's it's a hard like tomorrow or well, as of Tuesday, the primary. Yeah, you have the Democratic race between Marino and Palmieri, and Mm -hmm. about four thousand people in Utica, Democrats, will decide that. Yeah, that's tough Mm -hmm. to sit back and watch for anybody. I feel like too. Well, it's funny too because I uh, I I was listening to uh, the Republican side of this on on Talk to Town this morning. We were talking about it beforehand. And they made a really interesting point. They're like, you know, we put up a poll on our website for who people would vote for, but most of the people who go to this website are Democrats from right. Utica, right? So it's, it's kind of hard it's to It's not gauge. a good reflection on yeah. any one of those three polls. They're yeah. actually really funny to watch. Yeah. A... I'll be in, it's actually funny, I'll be in D.C. tomorrow, sure. early in the morning. I'm leaving you to Washington, D.C. So I will not be able to vote in the election. I had to do the absentee ballot thing, which yes. was its own, which was its own, like, separate process. Uh, but I'm definitely going to be on my cell phone the whole time. Yeah. Like 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, I'm going to be on there. Like It's fine. It's, I think we have, because it, it's interesting, we have all the, for Utica, you have Third Ward, you yeah. have Sixth Ward, there's Fourth Ward, there's a lot of primaries, oh, I yeah. think, that will really dictate the rest mm-hmm. of the campaigns moving forward. Uh, I want to get, uh, I have a lot of questions for sure. you about the uh, uh, about the Common Council and about why you decided to run, but I want to start uh, with some character coffee stuff before I, I get too yeah. far away, because cool. I do want to bring up a couple things about that. And one, I'm very embarrassed, number one. I was going to make you coffee, and you came over. That's so funny. And I'm out of coffee. That's I went, okay. I opened I up my jar, and I was like, damn it. <laughs> no I, worries. No, I didn't want you to bring me some, because then I'm like, see, they're going to say it's like some campaign finance okay, yeah, violation. They're giving, me, giving them that. gifts. <laughs> no, no, um, but I am embarrassed. Normally, I would have yeah. coffee for you, but uh, blame Maiden Utica's Justin Parkinson, who constantly drinks all of the coffee in he my house. He drinks Yeah, of course he does. That's, yeah. Um, so let's start right here. December 11th, 2017. That Is was, that how long ago it was? That was the 80, 129th episode of the wow. show. That was when you and Jesse first came on about a year and a half ago. The day ago. before we opened. day before you opened. Yeah, that's, that's cute. Oh my gosh, so much has changed. So I was going to ask you, my first question, I was going to say your biggest change, I would assume it would be uh, your second daughter. Yes. <laughs> yes probably your biggest change. The week change. we opened. That was the week we found yeah. out we were pregnant, actually. That um, was not the plan. But uh, <laughs> one and a half years, I guess, now in, yeah. how does uh, how does it feel to have started the business? Is it exa- is it what you thought? Could yeah. it possibly be exactly what you thought when you started <laughs> Never. it? Never. And even from when we how I envisioned it would be the bar would be built and all these pieces aren't what it looked like. Yeah. And I think that's the point of business. It's never going to be what you look like. You have to constantly tweak it, constantly adjust, whether it's an influx of people, which has been happening, and that's mm-hmm. awesome, and staying ahead with orders and or even like hard things. When it's our turn, like our roads being closed for construction, yeah. oh how do you keep ahead of that? <laughs> and there's so many... I know we're talking about character coffee now, but a lot of this is why I decided to run with how yeah, much sure. I see from those front doors at 171 Genesee Street, mm-hmm. and you can't unsee it. Well, it's really interesting, too, because when you guys uh, were there a year and a half ago, when you guys were just starting, I don't think the Jimmy John's was there yet. Nope. I don't think the street corner market was there. 
Uh, and I think, you know, it really the did. The lofts weren't there. Yeah, lofts weren't really yeah. there. So a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff has sort of popped up since okay. you've been there. Uh, have you sort of felt a change in that community since you've, since you've been there? Does it feel like you've, like, grown that sort of way? Yes, I think it's, it's funny. I, our still regulars come. I think a lot of people sure. have always come. Mm-hmm. I always thought being in that spot, if there is foot traffic in Utica, at least it's mm-hmm. right there at the busy corner of Genesee Street. But really we've seen kind of the opposite. It's been more people were the destination spot for them, whether they're yeah. out of town, from mm-hmm. Vermont, wherever. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we get the Jimmy John customers or anything. Like right, that right, nature, sure. But parking's harder. Yes. <laughs> I want to make it a positive thing. But there are, it's a toll when you want a city to be booming, but we don't have these solutions that used to be there. You know, are. parking's a very sensitive yeah. subject. Ask all our maiden Utica friends yeah. how we feel about parking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, but no, it's funny, though. Like, even from, like, the, you know, not to pull the curtain back too far, but mm-hmm. even in most discussions that we have, maiden Utica stuff with lots of businesses, like, the discussion of parking mm-hmm. comes up pretty quickly in yeah. any real discussion about development of property, about what right. we're doing going forward. It's, it's pretty wild how much parking has become right. an issue. And I meeting. want it to be as much of a pedestrian focus, because sure. that's in urban planning. I think pedestrian should be first. Mm-hmm. But even when you look at Genesee Street being a four-lane road, it's hard to get a stroller across the street. There's things yeah. that aren't even easy for pedestrians to yeah. be that city. So it's all getting there. That's okay. These are the growing pains. It's, mm-hmm. Well, it's like, that's the you, br- you brought up the construction stuff, and I think it's... I feel like I'm a great, good case example of this. Mm-hmm. You know, Joe Marino's been on the show many times talking about paving plans and how much he wants sure. to do the paving and stuff. And I will admit, there are a million streets. You were tweeting about Richardson yeah. <laughs> yesterday. The uh, I've yeah. said many times, I think Oneida Street is far, oh, it's, it's incredibly fun. overdue. Like, especially mm-hmm. to get people off the of Genesee Street mm-hmm. so often and clear up some of the congestion. Yeah. Like, people steer clear of Oneida Street because it's, oh, it's so destroyed. But... Uh, but I'm also the same guy who I'm glad when I see construction, but I'm also like, oh, come on. Right. Every street I turn down. It's like, yeah. <laughs> no, that's a huge part with the yeah. coffee shop, too. I was meeting with the mayor back in, like, February saying, mm-hmm. what is, I need to know when it's my turn for the road. Like, yeah. who, who's the guy <laughs> yeah. that plans this construction? Can we get CC'd on this email? Yeah. Like, I know it's yeah, exactly. not that, maybe it is that simple. Well, but, I wonder uh, if it's, I wonder if there is a way, and I guess I should, I should have asked you this last time he was on. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if there is a way to, like, know what the planning right like if it's if it's even set up that far in advance sure. in a way i'm sure it probably is the I, mayor mentioned like they can't know that or they don't know they that, don't know but right, I, yeah. i'm still determined because if we're gonna <laughs> yeah. so i know another big word you can't say you need because hospital I mean, so you can say whatever it, you want yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. it, it is controversial and um i think it if that does move forward that's three years of construction that's gonna be really mm-hmm. hard on the businesses oh yeah so how do we move ahead and keep everything as good as possible for them <laughs> and yeah. be on their team and support them saying if it is my week maybe i do a deal with coffees like if my road's blocked my mm-hmm. sidewalk's closed maybe that's the one week i finally take off in the year like there's ways to make right. this the ball in everybody's core i feel like well i think it's probably tough too for you as a business owner because mm-hmm. it's like i'm sure that there you have plans for character coffee sure. right like you and jesse like, i'm sure there's stuff you'd like to keep doing right, right. maybe you want to have an expansion maybe you want to get into the location whatever like there's, there's things that business owners might want to do and it's probably tough to plan on what you might want to do at a location Great or going forward when you're not exactly sure what the, the landscape is going sure. to look like. Absolutely. And I think that. that's where a lot of empty storefronts do come into play. Yeah. What's the a big reason, though, I always say why we picked moving back to Utica from Charlotte mm-hmm. was Utica's so underdeveloped. Oh There's so, like, at 20, what were, how old were we at the time? 27, we started our own coffee yeah. shop on the main street in mm-hmm. Utica and yeah. now at 29 I'm running for office like there's so many opportunities if you want it it's yours 
Yeah. That's not everywhere. And I love that you said underutilized because underutilized is this exact word I had in conversation with a guy I met earlier this week. I was up at a place called The Root Farm. Yeah. You've been to The Root Farm? We brought some kids up there and we were just talking about, and I was saying to them, I was like, wow, this is a really absolutely gorgeous location you hear. You got all these fields. Absolutely. It's amazing. And it's like, yeah, he's like, and it's just a shame that it feels like we don't get, not enough people know that it exists. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, in conversation, you'd be surprised how many people. Yeah. That's... But, and maybe you, I think we struggle with that sometimes, mm-hmm. too. And just, it's like, how, like, I, how is there a way to do more mm-hmm. with what we have? And how can we get more people to know? That we do that with Character yeah. Coffee. Yeah. How many people come in, oh, did you just open? No, it's been a year and a yeah. half. And before that, we had a coffee cart. Well, <laughs> well that sort of, that speaks to how long it does take for people yeah. to sort of come Absolutely. around on something. Have you you've probably cultivated a really nice crew of regulars now too? Oh, I love our regulars. <laughs> they are the best thing in the world. <laughs> but absolutely. Um, so, I guess uh, I have any more questions about. I want to I want to get all my questions out sure. before we get into uh, common council stuff. I guess um, you have you sort of. Uh, I know I sort of mentioned a little bit with like Jimmy John's and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but outside of that, like the MV uh, MVRCRs and other businesses, have you cultivated any sort of relationships with any of these organizations, like these nonprofits and stuff as well? I know you've yeah. talked about it. Like I think um, it's. From just being in Character Coffee, you yeah. know, we had the founder of Feed Our Vets, Rich Sinek, come in every day. Yeah, I saw that. And yeah. it's turned into a relationship. Now I'm on the board of Feed Our Vets. Mm-hmm. And, nice. And uh, it's, I mean, then you have Heidi at Freeman Jeweler. She, her business has been there 91 years, and she mm. loves her Saigon tea. Because <laughs> that's who I really reach out to. And it's, uh, you got Tommy across the street at Pizza Classic. They've oh, been yeah. there so long. And uh, then there's Phil, Stapello, you have... Uh, John at the record store. It's the third largest in the country. I, I had no idea. Really and so these people have been there and they've seen so much change. Yeah. So that's who I usually go to and lean on because they've been there before. If if something's changing again, what do you do? <laughs> you're a good example of it too, I think, because uh, you're not too far away from my sort of generation of people who I think, you know, I moved away from Utica because I was like, I, yeah. I got to be out. I got to be gone. And now I think we're sort of in that generation that feels like you don't have to leave as much right. as you did when we were, you know, when I was younger, I felt like an urge to leave. I'm sure that there are a lot of people mm-hmm. who have wanderlust, but I think for a long time, the idea of Utica as a place you wanted to stay was not, right. was not good. And now I do feel, and maybe it's just the bias that I have for working with a nonprofit and mm-hmm. seeing all these people who come out, but I, I do feel like that is sort of shifting and that the idea of like a younger generation so. coming through I think through it's is, a lot of pride. Yeah. Whether it's we missed the boat on Utica's greatest time alive that we hear about every day and <laughs> we're bitter true. and we want that for us now yes. or if it's, uh, yeah, it is cool to watch. It's... Whatever type of Engram uh, bitterness is, that, yeah, that's, that's where, yeah, that's whatever mine. I can't wait to see what you're, <laughs> I have thoughts. I think you're a five, but we'll see. I'm for it. I, I don't, I've oh, looked you might up. be a four actually too. You just, I mean, I know that's not what you were just saying. But... No, but it could be a four. I don't, I don't know what the numbers are, so I'm just going to go I know. With it. Four. I'm a four and a three. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm a 34. <laughs> go. Uh, let's go, to, let's talk a little bit about this. Uh, katieforutica.com. I checked yeah. out the website uh, before you came in. Really nice design. Cool. You guys always do really nice, Thank whether you. it's character coffee or any of the stuff you guys that's do, you always have really good. Uh, branding and you do really good marketing stuff with thank with you so much um, when I guess my question is this and I'll start here is a good place to start yeah when was your first decision to run was it a <laughs> moment was there a feeling was it so just... about two days before you can the last two days before you can tell board of elections you're running sure. that's when it was so we were about <laughs> mid-February and this kind of came out of nowhere but at the same time I'm not surprised at all we had a my good friend, Steve Keplish, he was yep. thinking about running for first ward. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he decided to run at large. You know, he has this big yeah. urban planning passion mm-hmm. and it's something that could be utilized for the entire city. And then this whole time, 
you know, a lot of my background is things I kept needing in the city. I didn't know who to go to. And everybody said, hey, call your council person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know who it was. And that was kind of enough for me to, when I realized that uh, my council person now was running unopposed, I kept asking everybody, guys, who's going to run? And then nobody answered. <laughs> no, <laughs> so way. Then it's like, no hands up. And then sometime, it was around like 3 a.m., I'm looking at the mayor's budget, trying to turn it into a spreadsheet so it's digital so people can use it. And mm-hmm. like, okay, maybe I should run. Not many people are doing this right now at 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm like, it's worth a shot. You might yeah. learn a lot and might bring up good points. Mm. So yeah, mid-February. <laughs> mid-February, that's no, yeah. fair. And I, I was just curious because like a lot of times I wonder if it was like something, like were you... Were you interested in politics even before you came back? Has politics always been something you're interested in, or was it just politics? Your, it's yeah. uh, just really being you know, a part of the community. Yeah, you, last year we had a woman overdose on the road. Yeah. Uh, there's been like life. There's a lot of we have a ton of poverty. Like I see yeah. people hurting every day. I see businesses struggling, and it's what are those solutions, hmm. and who has our back? Because sometimes I feel like our city leadership doesn't. Uh, no, I think that's a fair point, and I, I really, you did a lot of really nice work, especially on the websites doing some statistics. I got caught up looking at Utica sure. statistics page you have there. It was crazy to me. The one that stuck out was how much lower Utica's median earning average is than the rest of another county. Thirty two thousand. Yeah. yeah, compared to like for Atlantic. a household. Yeah, it's seventeen thousand, I think, per person. That's wild. It's devastating, and I think we have over fifty percent on welfare, and it's. Mm. Uh, it's really hard for a community, and I see people struggling, and that's, you know, from that crime goes up. It's uh, people don't get the education they need. It's how sustainable can we make our city if this is where people are at, if they don't have the jobs they need. Hmm. But, yeah, that's hard. Let me ask you this question, uh, just because there's a lot of ways we can approach this. I went to the web- I went to your website, I was going through it, and you sort of named four major points that you were sort of wanting sure. to be an advocate for. I was going to sort of ask you initially what was your sort of initial issues and sort of focus, but I guess we can break these down in the four and do it this way. Yeah. You sort of said you wanted to be an advocate for local business, uh, family-friendly downtown, local nonprofits, and mental health addiction and recovery awareness. Is there any particular place you'd like to start? <laughs> Let's start with businesses. Sure. I think that's business. the number yeah. one also is mm-hmm. uh, my big thing is we need to give people a reason to stay in Utica and mm-hmm. a lot of reasons, like ways of, reasons a way to return. And, uh, you know, when we moved back from Charlotte, I didn't necessarily have the job opportunities I needed. Right. A big solution was starting our own business, mm-hmm. which is cool. But uh, the support for those businesses, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of risk. So the support for those businesses, we don't even have a business directory on our city website. Mm-hmm. I know there's Chamber, uh, Utica Chamber, but you need to pay $250 year yeah. to use it. There's, there's a lot of things that businesses can't do that I think we need to be their cheerleader for and to say hey you matter and that's where I know uh with the hospital so we talk about the footprint whatever your beliefs are those businesses still mattered and I think a lot of people agree on that and um just rent like ways to rally beside them ways to that was how I kind of got into this too uh when I first heard about the hospital I said okay what what businesses are there and the city couldn't tell me like off the top of their head there's nothing they could pull up and that's true for any neighborhood (laughs) <laughs> the so. hospital issue, it's so funny, too, because even, like, discussing it now, and I, I think mm-hmm. that we talked a little bit about it. Because everything has become so binary, right. it's become this debate. Yes it's like, no, are you either not. in this no downtown hospital sphere with the people right. who are and in I it, hate that. or are you in the MDHS sphere with these people? I'm like, I've had I've had Brett Truitt on the show. I've mm-hmm. had the, the guy's name I can't remember. John from M- no. The, the big Bob? older guy. Yeah, the guy, the, I can't remember the name now. Sorry. I think it's Bob. Yeah. Uh, I've had MDHS people in here, though. And sure. I gotta tell you, on a personal level, 
neither of them gave me a lot yeah, of like. Yeah, I didn't mention that. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if either of them made me feel good about it. My big issue with it is socially the divide that's happened yeah. to the city, where that's where leadership should have come up and said. No matter what the hospital's built or not, like we still have to be a city together. Sure, and now you have two very mad sides. Yes, and that's not healthy. (laughs) So, well, that's I think it's it's a nuanced issue, right? Yeah, I I can say as someone who grew up here for a long time and spent a lot of time like driving up and down these streets for years before there was even discussion of a hospital. Kevin and myself being like, man, this this whole stretch is really bad. I can I couldn't ever think to myself like, what business could you put Mm -hmm. here that would like draw people back. Because even if you had one amazing... You need to go in it yeah, yeah. together. It's hard because yeah. like, that represents the Boilermaker District. Yeah. Uh, literally, our city's history. Yeah. And it, for me, it could be a really cool spot to connect downtown to mm. Barrick. It could be... It's. Mm. I mean, it's flat land. It could mm. be walkable. It could be... Mm. But my but, big point of running, mm. too, is there's so many areas other than downtown, other oh, than sure. a hospital in my ward, and places like Casus and yeah. Lansing, mm. and those get overlooked. And I also think the, the eminent domain discussion remains one that people feel very deeply uncomfortable with. Like, yeah. the actual discussion of, and again, like, even for people who are pro having the hospital down there, I think the idea of eminent domain is very... Sure. It's just very, like, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. yeah. It's really like, it. eh, like, no. <laughs> and, yeah, the libertarian to me is like, eminent domain's wrong. It's your property. It shouldn't yeah. be. And I think we're at the point now in looking at the footprint. Who knows what'll come, but maybe there is that compromise that the people who don't want to leave don't have to. But... I was actually, I mean, again, I don't mean to get divisive here. I was surprised mm-hmm. that uh, I started seeing more businesses sort of, like, starting to settle in. There's like three or four businesses, I think, left yeah. over. I'd have to do the number. I, I thought it was, yeah. It's tough. Um, but there were people cut out. I mean, look at Compassion. Yeah. There's a, uh, and it's funny when you look <sighs> She's at it. A great lady there's, too, Rachel. Yeah, Rachel. She's the best. the best, isn't she? But when you look at these two sides, it's funny because you see both people yelling about. They both want what's best for you to cut. Yeah. They just have different ways how to do it. So yeah. and again, at least settle on that one common. And <laughs> I think that and I think you made a good point too. Like so. at the end of the day, when this conversation ends, we all have to live in this town in the same place together. Right. Like once this conversation ends, if it ends, right? I hope it's not mm-hmm. one of those conversations that goes on right. forever. But when it's over, like we all have to yeah, we all have mm-hmm. to sort of live in the aftermath, right? Like Absolutely. and there's no reason for us to just start hating each other because then you start I've said for a long time now, especially the last couple of years, local politics have suddenly become something that we can feel more engaged in because national politics doesn't seem like it speaks to people in a way it seems so broad now it's like hard to it's hard to collect national it's hard to feel like you made a difference yeah exactly yeah absolutely but you can have a say here well also nationally they don't care about our potholes they don't care about so it's you have to care about your local i think i mean as a democrat in brooklyn i used to have that debate like what am i why am i i don't have to vote here you know that right Right. no even if i went out and voted for the, the I'm going to win here, right? right? Like, it did feel... Here, and looking at... Yeah. It's funny, looking at my campaign, it really comes down to 500 votes. 500 votes. Like, barely. Mm. And that's so sad when it's supposed to be an area of 10,000. That sucks. And that's a big yeah. reason why I want to engage voters. I want to empower them. And mm. I can't tell you how many doors I knocked on when I was canvassing, saying, I'm running for Common Council. I mm. want to earn your vote. And they said, what's the Common Council? Yeah. And I don't know if that's by design. <laughs> I don't know what, but there's needs to be... A, they need to know where their resource, and yeah. we have their back. And my goal is to get through these two years and find somebody better to run <laughs> in our <laughs> district at the end. Uh, we talked a little bit about it. We were discussing local business. We talked about a family-friendly downtown. Sure. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, again, I think it's been a question of like, how do you, how do you want to keep 
families and children and young people here and invested in the community. Right. Right. That's the, I mean, tonight's a great example. We have Love at Amp coming up. Yeah. Concert series here. And uh, but when you can, I don't know, there's so many. I was just in uh, Chancellor Park and the kids were there. Oh, yeah, for the June, uh, Juneteenth thing. Yeah, yeah for yeah, Juneteenth. Yeah. It was yeah. awesome. But I couldn't help but notice, I think I tweeted this, the kids pool there. There was a yeah. rusty cane in it, garbage. It was so overgrown. Yeah. There's just, our kids don't have a ton to do, and that really yeah. matters as they grow up. And I think there are great programs in Utica. We just need more, and I think yeah. it needs to be a focal point. Uh, we've always said it, and again, I, I hate to be a bush about like Handshake City stuff. We talk mm-hmm. about it all the time. But, you know, when we went down to start fixing that park six months before it opened, it was an absolute nightmare. Sure. No one oh, was, I believe it. You mean, there was a certain, and it was shocking how many people, once they saw there was someone doing something mm-hmm. down there, was like, hey, can we come also do something? Can we That's help? Cool. Can we? And it was, that was very, like, uh, yeah. heartening. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, maybe that maybe this will do something for Absolutely. people. In a way. And once you start seeing people get behind you, then it becomes easier to sort of get that momentum. I think yeah. Utica has a, it's tough to, Utica is a city where it's tough to start things, but people like to get behind That's something once it's started. It. Right? Like, people to love to support upstart businesses mm-hmm. and places that'll be positive and promote positivity. Yeah. We just have to know that we can feel good about it. <laughs> <You> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's huge. It matters. Uh, we've already talked a little bit about local nonprofits. I just want to mention sure. quickly, because you also said uh, mental health, addiction, uh, and recovery awareness. This is something I feel like in since I've been back has become, has sort of been pulled into the light, this discussion of yeah. like the opioid concerns. And uh, and it's not your yeah. t- typical street druggie. It's yeah. I would say, like, no offense to New Hartford moms. It could be anybody. It's, sure, exactly. You know, it starts uh, with an knee surgery and it yeah. turns into something worse, or yeah. it's veterans, or it's. Hmm. It, there's so many angles of this and mental health combined that, I mean, it's all over our city. People say they don't want to come downtown for it, and yeah. it's sad because they're people. Yeah. It's not the. It's never. I've never, as a teacher or educator, which is the easiest way to put it, I've sort of learned that uh, yelling and screaming and punishing people doesn't mm-hmm. tend to. Show, show them the right. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. tend to work the way that you yeah. think it does. No, like, that's true. So there's got to be another way to like you know be supportive mm-hmm. and be you know you don't want to yeah. just let people do it. Well, want, I always see frustrated yeah. when everybody says let's make the street safer and get the <laughs> drug addicts off the street. I'm like, okay, those people are our residents too, and yeah. they have families, and mm-hmm. that family's hurting. Yeah, and then it's harder to go to work the next day and get through your day, and it's harder to keep your job, and mm-hmm. it's a whole chain of. It's the whole chain of it. You know, and then you get to the discussion yeah. about, like, starting lines, right? This mm-hmm. is the other thing. We live in this sort of idea that we're all, hey, you know, we, we you know, we pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. We all start and we do the best yeah. we can. But, like, some people are starting miles behind the starting yeah. line, right? And the idea that somebody with so many disadvantages, with so many problems, mm-hmm. will have the same opportunities as somebody who, you know, who's right. living there. It's, you can it's work, unrealistic. But it's hard. Yeah. yeah, it's... I was just, we, our shelters in a lot yeah. of ways are overflowing. Yeah. Uh, we had a guy who was at the shelter. He was about to, he was almost at the end of his, what, he had 60 days. So he got a job in South Utica. He was taking the bus. Mm. The bus doesn't go on weekends and he missed work. And it, there was also another day where it went, it was running late. So he missed work, loses his job because the bus wasn't running when he needed it to. Now he can't pay for an apartment and yeah. he's out of the shelter. And it's a cycle. And this isn't, this there's so many examples like this. A big reason why I end up running too. Of well, what's the one too? And we talked about it even with a little bit on the uh, on the salaries. Like, how many people right now are one major like health oh, issue, completely. car issue, 
You know, something mm-hmm. away from being totally destroyed. It's, Absolutely. It's a horrifying number. It feels it like is. the line is very, very thin. It's all over Utica. And I think, yeah. and everybody praises Utica for how far it's come. And look how mm-hmm. downtown's booming. But I, we need to have this reality of, and I know the sad conversations mm-hmm. of how there are a lot of hurt people in the city. Yeah. And that's okay to talk about because it means we're, let's talk about solutions next. Yeah. So, and if people aren't saying that, I don't trust them that they have a, any idea of the temperature of the city. Right. Well, I think a lot of times, too, you have to sort of pull these concerns out into the light yeah. for it to get better, right? Yeah. It's never going to get better if we don't have discussions or meaningful discussions Absolutely. about it that don't, again, turn into, like, partisan arguments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, like, uh, all right, let's talk. I, let's just get it out of the way because I was very curious about the story. Uh one of the first things I remember reading was the uh, the residency dispute oh that happened gosh. between Absolutely. you uh, and the incumbent, uh, Maria Pazlanella McNeil. I think I said that right. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to give you my quick two-second recap of this. Tell me where I got it wrong. Cool. Go. Uh, you were you applied to run under the Republican, Conservative, or Independent line. No, you did not. Oh, I am with the Independence Party. So right. that's the line I was running as. I was endorsed. You're In- correct. Right, 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 right. Endorsed by those three lines total. Right. Uh, and then, based on... Either an, not an accusation, a file report that you, the residence you used to qualify wasn't considered valid. You were taken off the ballot. And then, after it was litigated further, uh, it was decided that you would be put back on the ballot, uh, now on the libertarian line. Yes? Am I, where do I get this? A, so, it is complicated. It's complicated. I'm glad okay. you like, are saying yeah, your yeah. point of view, though, because it helps okay. me to see what people Yeah, 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 because I, I want yeah. our viewers to get an idea of yeah. what sort of happened here. I'm very fascinated. Yeah, and then after that, well, we'll you want me to yeah. start from the beginning? Yeah, please, 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 please. So, from the beginning, we have, and I knew I had a tough opponent going into this. Sure. She had already taken the la- her last opponent to court over Did you know petitions. her beforehand? Were you? Uh, uh, no. I, no, I mean, really. her family's with Pezzanella Construction and Ocean Blue. Sure. I think they have a great restaurant. Uh, that's her brother, though, and... Um, sister-in-law there but um yeah i didn't really know her before so but i did hear about her last campaign and she did take uh lou Posha to court over yeah. petitions and signatures mm-hmm. and yeah, i read about that i well. was the, i saw the meeting where she said no it's just political strategy you mm-hmm. would have done the same thing you would have you challenged that's the game um you get you get the endorsements you have mm-hmm. to go get five percent of the signatures from the people correct and that's when you can look at your opponent's signatures and pick apart every little thing. Oh, that doesn't look right, and try to knock them off the ballot line. Mm. I hate it. <laughs> sure. Of course, and, um, yeah. maybe in bigger cities it's different because it's not. It doesn't mean somebody would run unopposed then. Uh, but I knew what I was in for. So go back to like January. Mm-hmm. My residency in actually we were living in Whitesboro. That whole residency ended. So then we were back and forth with my parents, my aunts, all over, and for about a month. And then you walk in, Brett Trujillo, like, hey, guys, this is, we were just talking about how the struggle of life. Yeah. He said, what can I do? And I said, we just need a place to stay. He's like, well, it's not much, but if you guys want to fix it up, yeah, there you go. So this was in January before I even mm-hmm. knew I was running. Because um, if I knew I was running, I don't think I would have ever gone near an address that was in the proposed hospital footprint. Right, sure. Because, again, to the point of, I would have to represent people who are for it and against it, and I want them to all know that they yeah. can come to me. And then it becomes a politicized. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but, so, move forward to, what was it, February 12th, um, updating my address for the campaign, and that was the only true legal, can- like, address to my name. We're not hmm. in it technically yet, but that was, at the time, was the fixer up the intent, because right. that's the whole point of residency's yeah. intent. 
Well, that seems what it ended up being as a question of intent, really, right. at the end of the day. Like, Sorry, this is a long story. No, no. <laughs> but, uh, so, and the funny part here is it's also what Maria did four years ago when she was right. running. And the landmark <laughs> wasn't ready. It didn't have the right permits yeah. yet. It was all about intent. <laughs> so, because yeah. she was taking a course. So, thinking, okay, what can I prove? This is the only one I can prove. And so, that's, of course, why they take me to court. Mm. Uh same judge she had four years ago, too. Mm. Also interesting part of the story. Two long, boring mm. days. Um, and I was just very transparent of the state of this place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm yeah, not trying to hide sure, anything yeah. with this. But uh, So at that point, the judge said, I believe you did nothing fraudulent. I believe you had positive intent with this. Mm-hmm. But I personally believe there's asbestos in lead paint and sure. a hazard to the community. This house needs to be torn down. Mm-hmm. Which is, that's where the, I say those two words, asbestos and lead paint, because that was never brought up in the trial itself. Sure. You're not allowed to bring that up. Right, right, right. That's not a closing argument. Yeah. So uh, they were about to, basically, they looked elated because that means they just won the election, not just that trial. Right. <laughs> and then about an hour later, I get a call from the Libertarian Party that mm. I got their endorsement. Nice. So that means I went from three lines to zero to now I have at least one. Right. <laughs> And uh, then uh, moving forward, just the more we thought about this, I said, I want to do an appeal. I want to get a judge outside of Utica and out of, out of Rome, really, and have another opinion. So when you appeal it, you go to Ro- Rochester. Five judges there. They hear your case. It took about a minute and a half. <laughs> they, five of them agreed in our favor. <laughs> so because they all vote. That's and, very cool. <laughs> yeah. That's and very it, cool. for them, it was about... All that residency means, because you only need to live in the area by right. November 5th, by sure. election day. That's all you need. You could be in Kansas and run here. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, no, all that address means on your petitions is, are you who you say you are? And she is. Yeah. <laughs> End of story. But it wasn't because then they appealed my appeal. Yeah. So then we had to <laughs> go to New York State Court of Appeals. So that's now in Albany. Seven judges. They only need two to agree with them to kick me off. So you're still sort of waiting to hear on that. No, that came back. All seven agreed with me. 13 judges later, I have four lines. Wow. We're in the clear. I did nothing wrong. So you are (laughs) now on all lines. That was my question I was going to ask you. So you're running on the Republican, conservative, independent, and libertarian. Right. Wow. This is fascinating to me how this all goes and all the political strategies and how it's wild. So let me ask you this question. And if this is, you know, Mm -hmm. again, if you feel like this is too harsh. No, go for it. Do you feel like this was Maria doing her due diligence? Or do you feel like it was a personal attack? She says it was her due diligence. She came into my coffee shop. Um, mm-hmm. No, nah, she was looking for like signatures to do something on the road. Right. And uh, just support. And I just went there and I said, why are you doing, why are you challenging my petitions? I live mm-hmm. in this area. Mm-hmm. And she said, I honestly think the judge will rule that you are committing fraud. Mm-hmm. And that's a disservice to my people. And mm-hmm. that's when I said, I am your people. <laughs> yeah. I live here. I have a business here. <laughs> These mm-hmm. are all these pieces. Um because also halfway through petitions in late March, I we started renting an apartment next door to character. Because mm-hmm. the whole point was get to Utica, yeah, get out of our in-laws and parents' house there. And, um, <laughs> exactly. And so it, there was no question that I was in the area. So yeah, she huh. thinks it. I don't know. Well, I was just curious. I didn't yeah. know if it was because I could see sort of that middle ground where it's like I'm doing my due diligence, right. but, but the, also I'm doing my due diligence. Yeah. yeah. These political strategies are exactly why I'm mm-hmm. running. That whole boring story I just said doesn't matter. <laughs> The reason we it had to go through it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really <laughs> but long. The, it's, it's this, I don't like the games. Let um, the people choose. Let's, let's talk about something a little broader, because yeah. I'm very curious about just this common council position in general. Sure. Um, I mean, I've had, I've had Delvin on, I've had, uh, I've had uh, Steve on, yeah. um, I've had Sam Klaus Motesta on a while back when she was running last sure. time she ran. Uh, 
you know, I had Joe Marino the first time on when he was on, uh, and I've had Mike Levy on many times. Like, yeah. there's lots of folks, and what I've noticed with these guys, and, you know, and Joe's sort of trying to transition out of there now, but it seems like a position where a lot of younger folks are initially attracted, especially locally. Do you notice, did you notice sort of a, a youthful... That's a sort good of, point, actually. Right now, I would say, I mean, you have Mike Gentile, Steve, yeah. Delvin, um, and not to say anybody else isn't young. No, no, <laughs> I mean, like, like, yeah. it just seems like... Of this new class of people who want to get in, who are in, interested, yeah. you're seeing a sort of a rush on younger people who want to get involved. I think involved. we're seeing that as a nation, too. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. I mm. think it's all over. I was reading. Yeah. Long story, but no, I think people that's... are getting engaged. And... Well, it feels like now, I mean, whether whatever side of the argument you're on with, with Trump, I think that that election really sure. hyper-activated people on mm-hmm. a lot of different like and areas. I, a lot for... So when I graduated high school, yeah. it was 2008, and Obama took office. Yeah. And I had a lot of friends who voted for him every time. Yeah. And then when Trump came in, it was the first time they lost a presidential oh, yeah. election. <laughs> and, I'm old enough to have lost a couple of Right. That. So it's <laughs> yeah. different. Yeah. Also, yeah. you have this generation, mm-hmm. I think a very strong-willed generation of vocal, and you get to voice your opinion whenever you want. There's not always that self-discipline. And mm-hmm. so that tied with losing and really lit a fire. Well, that's actually a great segue into the social media stuff. Because, sure. again, uh, we were saying, I, I was on your Twitter. Today I've been on it yeah. a while. You're, you've been very good at using social media to sort of connect to people. How would you say it sort of benefited you in terms of, like, connecting with voters out there? Have you noticed, like, inter- uh, or discourse with people going well or, like... Yeah, I've actually... A lot of people, when I went on doors, they actually have already... They looked at the Twitter. They yeah. looked at Facebook. And um, it's, it's interesting. I was saying it was easier to be on social media when I wasn't running. Because now yeah. I'm... I don't really, I don't censor what I say, but I want to be that safe person for people. Right. And yeah. I want to have it, I'm learning to make it more conversation and not like, here's what I think, because that's what I would need to be in office. There's something we talk about all the time with Nate and Utica about whether or not we should interact with somebody if they're giving us a hard time. Mm-hmm. I tell Justin this all the time. I said, you never, you never want to be perceived as punching down. Sure. You never want to punch down on somebody who's weaker or smaller. Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't want to, like, if some person has a question or a comment about something, then it's fine. Let me have right. It. But if, you know, if Coca-Cola has a comment on something, I'm going to punch right up at him. Right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> there's a certain, I think there's a certain aspect of, like, maintaining that you are, you know, in an activate, uh, an advocate for the greater good of, right. of everybody else. You don't want right. to seem like you're picking on people, I guess is what right. I'm getting at. That's the big... And it's so easy. Yeah. I get so sick of social media sometimes because it's this world of everybody saying, you're wrong, you're wrong, mm-hmm. you're wrong, and it's so exhausting. And I don't want to be <laughs> that voice like contributing to mm-hmm. that because it doesn't actually make solutions. <laughs> uh, well, November 5th, that will yeah. be the vote. Uh, what's, uh, what's, next, what's next for you after this? What, uh... From yeah, what's the problem? Yeah, oh, yeah. Cat. the cat's floating <laughs> around. Yeah, you know he will. From up, now you know. until election day. Yeah, what's next for Me, you? As many people as possible, because yeah. if I win, there's a lot of people I think who aren't represented yet, and yeah. they need to be. Mm-hmm. And that's if you go to katieforutica.com, you can actually put it in your comments and mm-hmm. hear one on one, and that's the whole goal. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, again, katieforutica.com. Yeah. I've checked the website. You did a really nice job out Thank there. You. Before I let you go, I have some uh, lightning round uh, stuff for yes. you. Are you ready for some <laughs> lightning round I questions? Think so. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm actually going to start with a quick parent corner for you. Okay. Um, you have two uh, two daughters, yep. if my research is correct, a two-year-old uh, and a nine-month-old. Yes. I have two sisters. They have two kids, <laughs> each. And after each of their second children, they said, no, no we're more. done. No, no more. more. 
Where are you at with that? Exactly. I, we are two girls. That's great. Don't care about the boys. <laughs> that's fine. Dude, that is done. And we are, I think the character coffee's our third child. So that's enough. Now, it's funny you say that because I'm the third and I was are the you? boy. Was... So there were two girls I'm and so then the boy. Parents... <laughs> right? It's true. Because like, I think my, there's that question my parents had. Like, My dad definitely right. wanted a boy. And I was like, do yeah. we want to have another kid? Uh, but my sisters both went girl boy and i think when you go girl boy when it's like get, nope that's yeah. it i got one of each i'm we're right. done I, i'm like tapping nope. out here that's she's <laughs> good it feels a lot two <laughs> feels like a, yeah i can't imagine my my my, my cousin had triplets right. recently wow I, I don't know i seems it's so scary they have to have three <laughs> two cars to go everywhere yeah, because they already had you're a, immediately outnumbered there's not yeah exactly. <laughs> like you don't there's even not have seats in the car to <laughs> right. put uh like baby seats it's wild it is, yeah uh, all right, <laughs> lightning round question. Uh, Katie Martin, uh, owner of Character Coffee, first word candidate for Common Council. Uh, what yes. is the worst job you ever had Ooh. you're willing to talk about? <laughs> oh, man. Okay, I've had a lot of jobs. Mm. <laughs> I've been a florist, pizza that delivery nice. driver for Palermo's. That doesn't seem as nice. <laughs> I like that better than the florist. The florist, really? <laughs> well, florist is a weird spot because everybody, you have brides, bridezillas. Oh, Worse than that point. is mother of the brides. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, mm-hmm. and sometimes I wanted to go work the funerals first. Then yeah. <laughs> so it was like most people were. Yeah. And I always go back to working mind. at Palermo's. I was a delivery driver till three a.m. From yeah, about I was twenty years old. I don't know. We always go back to that time in my life, and everybody says, "Who thought this was a good idea?" Yo, no, I <laughs> and, say uh, that all the time. I was, you know, I I have my second degree black belt. There's like these things that we just justified, but I did meet Jesse at Palermo, so it was worth it. Oh, and. <laughs> But I laugh. I learned so much about Utica then, so I wouldn't give that one up. Um, yeah, it's hard. Did you force him to shave off his beard and man bun, or is that... didn't. You He's, didn't. He did it himself. He did it himself. I'm so happy he did. <laughs> um, but those ones, I think you just gotta... I feel like if I said anything, he'd go more rebellious. It's true. And uh, Talk to Kate about Justin about that. Is, yeah. <laughs> no, you just let it go. It's a phase, and that's... Yeah. <laughs> Who would you like to play you in the movie of your life? Oh, that's hard. It's hard. I used to just say who would play you, but no one wants to say like who they think who would, would play. Who would have a movie of my life? Like, that's so... <laughs> it's a tough one. That is hard. I feel like I like actors more than actresses, though, so that's complicated. That's like a little Peter Pan. <laughs> you do a, you get an animated and you just do the own there voice. There you go. That's yes. a good one. There you go. Still, I'm uh, sorry. I don't what's know. your favorite fast food item? If you even eat fast food these days. Um, I love Taco Bell. Taco Bell. That I talk about today. That yeah. is my chicken quesarito. Oh, the quesarito. Quesarito. Interesting. That is my weakness. I'm a steak quesadilla person, but I okay. feel you. Taco I Bell. I, the closest fast food restaurant to us is McDonald's like, around yeah. the street from me. And I can't stand that that's the closest yeah. option. I wish there was a Taco Bell somewhere closer. It's I'm, I'm on record saying, so the go back to my trial, right? Yeah, I yeah, wanted sure. to know if I ever had a meal in 442 Lafayette. And it got to the, it was, he, like, the lawyer kept asking all these crazy questions. Like, well, yeah. He's like, have you? I'm like, yeah, Taco Bell. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I'm on, I'm yeah, on record with my family. Like, <laughs> it, just, it made me laugh. <laughs> uh, what's a movie you see? Uh, I guess people don't do this as much anymore. Uh, when you're flipping channels, is there a movie you'll always stop and watch if it's on? Oh, what did I just watch? Darn it. I just rented it, too, actually. Oh, man. Who's in it? Eddie Murphy. It's like 1992. He's the marketing guy. Oh, I Trading was, Places? No. 
Yeah, Michelle Truitt. It was actually just talking oh, about this. Um, I'm literally opening up my iTunes because... Boomerang? Yes. Boomerang! Yeah! <laughs> That's the Michelle Truitt one. Yeah. I was dying laughing, so that one I had to... I saw Eddie Murphy out. somewhere not too long ago, and he just apparently decided he doesn't want to be funny anymore. He's like, no, That's I'm very serious that. bro now. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. Oh, old, old 90s, Cool Runnings, <laughs> like those ones. Uh, give me one book, album, movie, or show you are currently listening, reading to, or watching. Okay, well, I did just get through Game of Thrones in two weeks. Oh, wow, two weeks. I'm a traumatized. (laughs) But I will say, I was trying to catch up, because I was like, no, no, it can't be that cool, it can't be that good. And then I started the first episode about two weeks before the finale. No, about two and a half weeks. And I wanted to watch the finale with the rest of the world, and that was May 19th, and I missed it by like four days. (laughs) So I didn't have to watch it that quick, but now it's... I didn't emotionally budget for that. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, yeah, so that was it's, probably the recent. It's the most recent show I've added to the list of shows where it's like, I'm going to watch this, mm-hmm. but I feel like I can't carve out enough time to start right. it. Um, right. And it's sort of taken over the place of The Wire on that list of like, yeah. I guess I got to watch this now. Is that now. what yours gotta... is right now? Yeah, yep. I've been, well, The Wire and then uh, Kevin keeps yelling at me to watch a show called The Leftovers that he says I'll really like. Oh, I seen that. Yeah, he says I should be watching that. It should be my number one. I go I back and forth with, like, political documentaries. Like, Knocking Down the House was on Netflix. Oh, nice. That was really interesting. You, that was the... That's, that's the one where they AOC follow the... And, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. There's, well, there's five of them. And just even whatever your political beliefs are, getting through Congress yeah. against that person was pretty tough. <laughs> so it was interesting. So, yeah, it was good. Both very intense. Uh, I wanted scenes. to watch... I wanted to watch the, the Beto one, but I feel like I don't have to anymore. And last but not least, uh, besides uh, politics, besides yeah. your family, besides uh, coffee, give me one more thing that you, Katie Martin, are passionate about. Hmm. Man, I think it, we go back to the Enneagram test. Mm. So Enneagram test. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> but uh, just justice. Mm. It, it sounds so silly, but I've really had to harness it and make it worthwhile not everything can be a fight not everybody's out to get you not everybody i've learned a lot through it but it's kind of what why i'm on the board of feeder vets and all these pieces of it so my husband's exhausted by it but it's <laughs> justice in general i know that's not it's good you gotta keep him on his toes yeah make sure exactly he's... <laughs> don't know five years <laughs> uh congratulations on that by the way it's yeah. very impressive in this day and age especially for millennials yeah. <laughs> um awesome. uh Katie Martin, you can go to her website, uh, katieforutica.com, self-confident, divisive, willful, confrontational. <laughs> Katie Martin, thank you for coming thank and joining so us this week. It was a pleasure. We'll be back to the show in just a moment. Thank you once again to uh, Katie Martin, uh, katieforutica.com to learn more uh, and see what she's all about. Great time talking to her. All right, guys. Uh, before we get into history uh, history lessons this week, Kevin's shirt again got me thinking about it. We were watching uh, John Oliver before you came over here, mm-hmm. and his main segment was about these people who were like uh, these tours to go to Mount Everest, to climb Mount Everest and all the, the Sherpas, and it's all kind of terrible. Mm-hmm. It got me wondering, though, would you be interested 
in climbing no. Mount Everest? No you way. love to do like all I the like climbing. I like hiking. I'm not that kind no. of hiking. No, no, too much for you. Two <laughs> different things. This is a both outside, and they both involve trails. Yeah, uh, that's a, it's a different animal. I feel like. I don't know. Well, I don't. I'm just curious. Like, is the idea of climbing any mountain like that? In, maybe not Everest, but would you be interested in like a mountain climbing thing, or is um, even yeah. that? Like, like, depending on what it is or what mountain it is, but nothing like. With that kind of altitude and potential of death, I mean, people die up there and they just leave their bodies there. They yeah, just walk terrible. over bodies from. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like something appealing to do. Just to say, I climb Mount Everest. I like to look at things and take my time, and maybe if we can camp on the way and have fun with. You can't have fun on this life threatening the whole way. It's about enjoying yeah. nature, not being. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, not battling nature, not like, getting nature to submit. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you're risking your life. I, I think, don't know. That doesn't make sense. Well, to I me. think too, like what. In, like they were sort of talking about it on the episode. If what did you go to Mount Everest for like fifty years ago to satisfy a thirst for adventure within your soul, mm-hmm. right? Like what do people go there for now? Now they go there to get a selfie, take a picture. People right? were saying that they were pushing people out of the way so they could get a picture of themselves on top of Everest. I don't. Yeah, I mean, it's all about just whole mountains covered in trash. <laughs> also, Bodies. what are you trying? Oh, yeah, trash. You know about all the garbage that they. It's remove? covered in garbage. The whole oh. mountain is covered in garbage. Garbage mountain. They also found plastic at the bottom of the Marianas Trench as well yeah. a couple of weeks ago. We're, oh, we have some plastic news coming right. up later in this right. segment. Cool. So, right. Kev, you're my go-to guy for questions like this, these existential it. questions. What are you trying to prove to yourself by climbing Mount Everest? <laughs> I mean, the true, answer, the true answer is always that it would be um, individual. Individual, And everybody right? would have different reasons. You can't paint everybody with the same brush and say, this is the reason you would do it, and then the reason is false. It's not like a black and white A and B thing, but I think for a lot of people more than ever, it's, it's always kind of been a form of bragging rights. Mm-hmm. Whether you did yeah. it a hundred years ago, whether you do it now, whether you were some wild monk doing it a thousand years ago, whatever happens, it's bragging rights at the end of the day. Yeah. Even as somebody who doesn't love uh, the water, I think I'd be more interested in doing like a deep scuba diving thing than like oh, climbing sure. a big giant yeah. mountain, I think. It could take you like weeks to get up there. <laughs> And you got to do those hey. ice ladders over the crevasse. That, by the no. way, if you guys have HBO or go to YouTube and watch the clip he did about Everest, they're just for the single clip of the guys who are the Sherpas tying three ladders together to go across uh, an ice chasm. Mm-hmm. And it's just like there's no amount of money. There's no reason why. Just why. Hundreds of feet deep in oh the side of some God. glacier at the top of this mountain. That's why I don't even watch that James Franco movie where he gets his arm Where stuck. he saws yeah. his arm yeah. off with a pocket yeah. knife? Yeah, I don't blame no. him. No. <laughs> it seems... Horrible. All right, speaking of horrible, let's get to this week's history lesson. Is that not history? No. We talked about things that happened in the past. Yeah, that's all done. Uh, all right. It's a lot of green highlighter. I don't know. Oh, it's it's a lot. It's like every word is highlighted. Every word. Every word. On this day, 1509. Oh, my God. Henry VIII is crowned King of England in uh, Westminster Abbey. Uh, Henry VIII was the king of England from 1509 until his death in 1947. He is best known for his six marriages, mm-hmm. in particular his efforts to have his first marriage to Catherine of Argonne annulled. His disagreement with the Pope on the questions of such an annulment led Henry to initiate the English Reformation, separating the Church of England from papal authority. He appointed himself the supreme head of the Church of England and dissolved converts and monasteries for which he was excommunicated. He was the pettiest man of all time. Ah. King Petty. So petty. Uh, He's also known as the father of the Royal Navy, investing heavily in uh, naval force, increasing its size to more than 50 ships, when that meant something. Uh, What do you guys think of when you think of Henry VIII? What's your first first thought? Steve Martin. 
Steve Martin? He sings Henry VIII. Henry VIII, I am. Yes. I Thank you so thing. much. I did it's the first thing that comes to yes. my head every time you I know hear that? it. He didn't actually write that song. I, I know what you're talking about. But yeah. yes, mm. I loved that song as a kid. That was immediately the first thing I thought of. <laughs> Kevin, was that the first <laughs> thing you also thought of? Uh, no, the English Reformation. <laughs> English Reformation, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Separated the Church of England from the Catholic Church and the papal leadership. That was a big deal in big, history. Big deal. The time where ramifications still play out today. You know, a lot of roots and stuff like that were at the deep, deep roots of, like, you know, the troubles in Ireland and the wars between the Protestants and the Catholics. Mm-hmm. Same kind of thing. Has It makes me wonder, has this story been told via television or movie or long-form media recently? Henry VIII? I, I feel like that. it probably certainly has. I'm just wondering. It's tough to keep them all straight, right? With the mm-hmm. Especially when you've got Henry VIII. Okay, so you've got seven Henrys before this fella. <laughs> it's tough. <Yeah. laughs> you know what I mean? Like, And they all look the same because they were all related. Because uh, they all used to just, like, have sex and babies together. Yeah, it's just a big inbred mess. Keep the bloodlines pure, yeah. yeah. Uh, most contemporaries considered Henry in his prime to be an attractive, educated, and accomplished king. One of the most charismatic rulers to sit Funny, in the Funny, they always say that about the king. <laughs> uh, as he aged, however, Henry became severely obese and his health suffered, uh, contributing to his death. He is frequently characterized in his later life as a lustful, egotistical, harsh, and insecure man. That's what happens when you get older and fatter. I mean, that's just, that's natural, I think. You just get a lot more insecure and, uh, and lustful. Uh, all right, moving on to the... I, I swear, the rest of them are... Oh, I'm listening. Than, yeah. I'm just listening. Uh, 1853, uh, U.S. President Franklin Pierce signs the Gadsden Purchase. You know what the Gadsden Purchase is? No, I don't know what that is. No, nothing? That's no, all right. I, I didn't... I had to look it up. It's fine. Okay. I feel bad. Kevin, are you familiar with the Gadsden Purchase? Did. What year was it? 1853. <laughs> is it not Texas? Uh, Arizona, New Mexico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. That's right. Gadsden Purchase is a 3,000... Uh, 30,000, we'll call it, rounding up... Uh, uh, square mile region of present-day Arizona and southwest New Mexico, the United States acquired from Mexico uh, in the Treaty of Mesilla. Uh, the purchase included land south of the Gia River and west of the Rio Grande, which the U.S. wanted to build a transcontinental railroad along the deep southern route. Uh, it was also aimed to resolve other border issues. Look how that turned out. Uh, the purchase was the last substantial terrestrial acquisition in the conti- uh, in the contiguous United States. I guess I said that word wrong, I think. Uh, and defined the U.S.-Mexico uh, border. Uh, the president who did this at the time, uh, Franklin Pierce, is considered by many to be the worst president in American history. We've talked about him before on the podcast. We talk about Franklin Pierce, like disproportionately quite a bit on this show. The worst Franklin, American president. A Franklin Pierce chat on the Utica. A lot of, a lot <laughs> of chatter. Uh, yeah, the anti-Franklin Pierce podcast. The Franklin Pierce hour with Sam. Sam. With Sam and the dog. He describes one of the worst presidents in American history, part for his failure in allowing a divided Congress to take the initiative, most disastrously with the Kansas-Nebraska Act, um, and led to a period of 70 years in which Republicans uh, mostly controlled national politics. Uh, all right. Yeah, Andrew, Andrew, uh, Franklin, Andrew Jackson, Franklin Gadsden Pierce. Gadsden Purchase. Gadsden Purchase, all terrible. All right. Gadsden Purchase is good. Gadsden Purchase is pretty what good. What do you mean? That one's a big one. We like yeah. land. We did we love land love in this land. country. It's no Louisiana Purchase, but it's pretty good. Well, <laughs> that was a deal. That was a screaming deal. You run out of land to purchase. That's true. Uh, 1901, uh, on this day, it was the first uh, exi- uh, exhibition by Pablo Picasso at the age of 19. Guys, what were you doing at the age of 19 that you could have put it in a show? Nothing. College. We were playing music, I suppose, I was right? Just were hanging we? out with my friends. No, I guess not. In 2000. Of 2000? We I was hanging out with my friends. I'm trying to think. How old? What year yeah, were we? Yeah, it was balls be... deep right in the middle of everything. Yes, yeah, so we were playing music. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I guess that's true. That's the age when you're. When yeah. You get that creative juice. Uh, Pablo Picasso was a Spanish painter, sculptor, printmaker. Jeez, I saw 19. 
Huh? Paladin. 19, right? Stage designer, poet, playwright. Who's been... Video games to distract them. That's true. He wasn't making his profile. And... Uh, Social what do you guys... media. Without prompting, what do you guys know about Pablo Picasso? Like, Can you name one of his uh, one of his art uh, forms that he used? Cubism. Yeah, cubism is one. Yep. Uh, he uh, had his two most famous works are from 1907 and 1937. Uh, Guernica. Yeah, Guernica, of course, is from 19... Guernica is a that's a pretty famous one. That's uh, portraying uh, portrays the bombing uh, of Guernica by the German and Italian air forces during the Spanish Civil War. Uh, Picasso obviously demonstrated extraordinary artistic ability in his early years, uh, painting in a naturalistic manner through his childhood and adole- uh, adolescence. Um, he's often categorized into periods: the Blue Period, the Rose Period, uh, the African Influence Period, the Cubism Period, the Synthetic Cubism Period. Uh, which is also referred to as the crystal. Who, who came up with these names, I'm wondering? Art is such a weird field. I was thinking about this as I was reading through it. I'm just going to jump to it <laughs> now. Why are you mad? No, it's just, <laughs> I've thought about, and I'm not mad. It's, it's just, <laughs> everyone, I think everybody has, like, in their minds, like, fantasies of, like, their successful versions of themselves, right? And in my life, it's always been, like, musician, uh, athlete, which is laughable. Uh, like professional wrestler, right? Oh, wow. Dinosaur, <laughs> right? But everything, all these weird. None of those are laughable. None of those are laughable. Uh, but I don't think I've ever thought of like in my life in the concept like imagine what it would be like to be a famous painter, like what that life would be like. I don't know if it's something that I necessarily thought like oh what a what a lifestyle. Can you? Ma- I don't know. I don't know if it's something you've never like, really done it either. You know what I mean? I guess that's true, right? Because even like you talk about athlete, like you've done, you've played games before, you've been on teams. True. Before. Sure. Never at a high level, you know what I mean? No, but like, certainly not. But I feel like you're on a whole other level of thinking. <coughs> when I think of being a famous artist, like you're just sitting like in this room with a bunch of people talking art. Yeah, being around other artists. Yeah, like, intellectual. But a lot of it is like learning. It's like these people aren't just born with this stuff, you know what I mean? Like, they learn it just like anything else. Like that's, that, they always say that's one of the things that separates you know, people just raw talent from people who become artists is like you learn techniques, you know what I mean? It's not just like, oh, I see this vision, I'm going to translate it. Like you know about brush sizes and you know the strokes right. you have to right, make, right. And the paints you have to mix, and the way you have to do it—like that's all knowledge that that you learn, just like you would any other trade or any other skill. That's a great point because I think too, with trades and hobbies and skills like that, once you have that foundational knowledge down, it allows you to use that knowledge in creative ways. Like that's when you can open up once you have a comfortable, you know, basis. Well, to and, begin it, with. and if you're and if you're committed to continuing to learn yeah. too, because like we'll see, you'll see a lot with people who play music. You know, not to relate yeah. it back, but like we both play music. And, you know, you get to one point and be like, all right, well, this is just kind of it. And then you look at what separates. People that are musicians never stop learning, mm-hmm. never stop honing technique, never stop adding techniques and understanding the why of the what that they already know and learning more what. You know what I mean? I feel like if I was a famous artist, I'd want to be a sculptor because I'm always impressed by these people who sculpt mm-hmm. out of, like, like you know, granite and marble and stuff. That's, like, that blows my mind because just, like, the just the patience it would take is like, mind-blowing to me. You're more a painter type. You don't seem impressed with sculptor. I'm not. No, <laughs> no you don't say you're not impressed with the Marvel people. <laughs> I'm gonna call. As long base. as you're not. Listen, you be a sculptor. As long as you're not down there just dishonestly welding bizarre pieces of metal Stop together. It, yeah. Being oh, this is my piece that represents the, the genocide of fur, and it's I'm like talking... no, it's not. Those are six pieces of scrap metal <laughs> that you got from out behind the restaurant <laughs> your friend works at, and you welded them together. Is that different though? While than drinking like... wine. Am I using sculptor in the wrong term? Like, is a person who no, makes, no, 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 Classical sculpture, I suppose. Granite sculpture. How about ice sculptures? Ice, <laughs> so it melts away? What's the point of that? I always hated because that. Because it, it, 
it relates to the nature of entropy in the universe and the fact that nothing is forever and we're all wow. melting away See? and everything is temperature wow, overhead. You just make the art. I'll sell it. The yeah. life of Pablo. I'm gonna be your agent. Yeah. That's what it is. I'll just I can sell the I can sell the idea to anybody. On this day, 1996. <laughs> I'll sell this to what is it? <laughs> Independence Day, starring Will Smith. Oh, I'll sell the hell out of this. I love this movie. Uh, Bill Pullman and Jeff Goldblum premieres. Uh, American science fiction film directed and co-written by Roland Emmerich. Uh, starring an ensemble cast. Listen to this cast. Will Smith, Bill Pullman, Jeff Goldblum, uh, Judd Hirsch, Margaret Collin, Randy Quaid, Robert Loja, Harvey Firestein, Vivica A. Fox, and Harry Connick Jr. Bam! Yeah. It's a big, deep cast. Yeah. Gotta get a lot of people invested in no this bench. movie. No bets. No bench at all. Zero bench. No, because they had... Russell Case's horrible kids. Every single one of those characters is bad. (laughs) It's true. Everybody outside of that main crew is rough. (laughs) Uh, The film focuses on the desperate groups of people who converge in the Nevada desert in the aftermath of a worldwide attack by an uh, extraterrestrial race of unknown origin. Uh, With the other people of the world, they launch a a last-ditch counterattack on July 4th, Independence Day in the United States. Um... Now considered a significant turning point in the history of the Hollywood blockbuster, Independence Day was at the forefront of the large-scale disaster film and sci-fi renaissance of the late ni- of the mid to late 1990s. Um, the film received positive reviews when it came out and grossed over 817 million dollars worldwide, uh, worldwide, becoming the highest-grossing film of 1996, uh, beating out Twister, Mission Impossible, and The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, and the second highest grossing film ever at the time behind Jurassic Park from three years earlier. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, of course, the undying aggregator for whether a movie is good or bad, gives this movie a rating of... 68. Kevin? Uh, 75. 64. Heather is closer. I think that's kind of harsh, though. Yeah. Uh, Average rating is about 6.41. Uh, this is from the site's critical consensus. The plot is so thin, and the character, and so is character development, but as a thrilling, spectacle-filled summer movie, uh, Independence oh. Day delivers. Oh. Uh, here's an interesting point. Mm-hmm. Here's an interesting <laughs> side note. A month after the film was released, jewelry designers and marketing consultants reported a increase in dolphin-themed jewelry because the character of Jasmine, Vivica yeah. Fox, received yeah. do- dolphin earrings and is presented with a dolphin wedding ring. By her uh, fiance at the time, Will Smith. Well, in Captain the movie, Stephen Hill. Captain Stephen Hill. I can't uh, remember his name. I, I I remember seeing this movie in the theater with my sister's boyfriend at the time. Shout out to Brad Brown, who is no longer around and is not anywhere in the picture. But he brought me to this movie when I was like, uh, whatever age. Brad Brown, long time friend of the show. Long time <laughs> friend of me for bringing me to see Independence Day, and I loved this movie when it came out. I rode like, my oh my god. I rode my like, bike to see this movie at the Uptown. Yeah. Yeah. With some friends. Have you watched it in recent years since we did it with, like, I guess we did it for a uh, film series a couple years back, right? Yeah. Yeah, we made the, it. Do you think it holds up realistically? 300%. 300%. You still yeah. like it. Yeah. yeah. The only, yeah, yeah the only, right if you, if you enjoyed it before and you say it doesn't hold up now, I think you're just, like, kind of cynical and looking for a reason. You know, I, th- I think to not enjoy it because, like, it was never supposed to be. Like, if you look at it, well, actually, the plot's not. It wasn't the point. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, the character is a little thin. Yeah, sure. okay. Yeah. That's not the point. I guess like, that's, that's not what I mean, I guess, though. Because I don't think that's the argument I want to make. I think with sometimes you watch a movie from when you're younger and it feels like a bit of a drag. Or when you go back and watch mm-hmm. it again. Right? Yeah. And not that it's a bad movie. It's like, I, yeah, it I doesn't... Just... I think Independence Day is still funny. Yeah. Right? There's parts of the movie that still make me laugh that I sort of missed early on. Like, it is enough where it's not just like mm-hmm. a kid's movie not just an action movie there's it's like very well paced mm-hmm. it's, yeah it's well yeah. paced and it's done in a way it, it's a it's not a it's not gone with the wind certainly mm-hmm. but it's a really 
really well-made, well-acted, funny, entertaining movie that you don't get bored with at any yeah. particular time. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the best thing you can say about it. I did not see the Independence Day sequel that came yeah. out. There was? Yeah, and most people didn't like it. Although, I mean, if we're having the same argument... I guess Will Smith's not in it, which is a big, which is a big loss yeah, for the he's movie. Yeah, he's not made Independence Day. He's so. too busy doing Aladdin. He's being the genie. He didn't want to do Independence Day. You guys excited for Lion King? No, the trailer came out for it. No, no, no still no. not excited. No, never, I've never, I've never have been really excited for a Disney live action remake. It's neat if it's on somewhere. I'll take a look. But like, oh my god, let's it's do it again. Let's do it again, but worse this time through the cynical lens of adulthood. No, thank you. I uh, need that. Not to stick on Independence Day too long. I'm just going to hit each actor real quick. You tell me if this is their best movie. Their Apex Mountain, okay? Will Smith. Is this the best Will Smith movie? For what one? For Independence Day. Oh, no. No, not the best Will Smith movie. You like something better than this? Yeah, I can't think of what it is, but I know it's not that one. I Am Legend. <laughs> no, that's actually a really good one. This might be my favorite Will Smith movie. Like my favorite Will Smith. Maybe Men in Black. First Men in Black, he's really good in. I really enjoyed iRobot. Yes, yeah. that's good. iRobot is a little more in Canny Valley than this movie, even weirdly, with the special effects. I, I have a hard time watching iRobot. They tried for more. My favorite, yeah, yeah. My favorite movies where he, like, oh, God, where he was being followed and he didn't know he was. Enemy of the State. Enemy of the State. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. I actually really movie. like that movie. Uh, <laughs> Bad Boys 2. Yes, Bad Boys there 2. There you go. That's Exceptional good movie. All right, so how about Goldblum? Jeff Goldblum. Is this your best Jeff Goldblum movie? Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, any of the Wes Anderson movies ever yeah, like? Yeah, probably all the yeah. Wes Anderson He was stuff. in The Fly. So I like... Fly, my fly mom, yes. I like Jeff Goldblum movie. better in Independence Day than I liked him in Jurassic Park, though. Yeah. I uh, like his performance, his character, and everything about him. He's got him more better. to do in this movie. Yeah? Yeah, he didn't have as much to do in Jurassic Park, and he's mm-hmm. not very good in Lost World. That's no, not but a hot I think the honest answer would probably have to be like one of those Wes Anderson movies. Yeah. Or if it's like best movie that he's ever been in, then it's like Thor. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so he's really good like, in Thor, yeah. He gets into, like, weird stuff like that. Mm-hmm. How about Bill Pullman? He's not, he doesn't have as much to pull from, I suppose. This is the only movie he was ever in, right? <laughs> this in Twister? No, or is that, that Bill was, Paxton? That's Bill Paxton. Uh, who's, isn't he Lone Star in Spaceballs? Yes, he, he is. is. He, he is, is the Lone main Star. character in Spaceballs. Yeah. I know Kevin doesn't like Spaceballs as much as I do. I would say Spaceballs for me is Bill yeah, Pullman's definitely. Apex. Definitely. Uh, he was in The American President, where he played the president. That's right, he was. Oh, yeah. He fell in love with Matt Bennett, a journalist. How do you not fall in love with Annette Benning? I mean, um, and is this, is this the best Robert Loja movie? This one's more of a Kevin question. <laughs> do we not count Robert Loja's time on The Sopranos? I would say him in Scarface as... That's what do you mean? True. I got nothing but friends! <laughs> That's got true. You, got, you gotta go with Frank and Scarface. <laughs> R for Robert Loja. All right. Uh, best in only uh, Harry Connick Jr. Yeah, it's true. I best in I... Fox as well, probably. Not best Judd Hirsch. Or best Randy Quaid. Ah, uh, Judd Hirsch is pretty top level. Judd Hirsch is pretty good, actually. Judd Hirsch is excellent in that movie. Can't, back. can't be the best Randy Quaid, though, no, because he's... It's not, it's not Christmas Vacation. He's not Christmas Vacation. All right. Yeah. Uh, I won't even do the 2014 history, because we've gone away too long. Uh, on this Just day, say it quick. What is yeah, it? Yeah, real quick. Well, on 2014, uh, one of my favorite soccer players of all time, Luis Suarez, oh, was charged... Well, hang, well, it's, getting it's, it's getting somewhere. It's getting somewhere. Uh, he was charged with biting someone during the 2014 World Cup. Do you guys remember this? Yeah. Uh, Luis Suarez is well known for biting people. This happened on this day. Uh, but I wanted to segue into the Women's World Cup, which we did not talk about last week. Right oh, now, wow. uh, the U.S. Women's National Team is in the Women's World Cup 2019. They are the favorites to win the World Cup. Uh, earlier today, they defeated Spain 2-1 to to enter the last eight teams. So we will find out soon whether they'll be champions once again. 
But there was a topic last week we didn't talk about in the podcast. Uh, earlier in the qualifying rounds, the United States women's team defeated the Thailand women's team thirteen to nil. It was an absolute slaughter. The most points ever scored in any World Cup game, men or female. Full stop. It was tough to watch. And the U.S. women's team got a lot of flack on the internet and from pundits uh, saying that they shouldn't have done it. This was embarrassing. They were showing up. There's been a lot of hot takes. Did you guys have any thoughts about the thirteen to nil win? Is that too Wait. much? Why is that, is that bad? People were mad. They thought it was shoving it in their face because like, they kept scoring too many goals against a team who was... against it? That's how most people I'm feel. Like, yeah. Like, so you're not offended no, by their 13 mil score line. Even if it was the opposite or not, way around, I don't... It's a, a sport. It's your game. It's what you... That's fair. Okay. That's the take a lot of people yeah. were making. I think it's silly. Just people being upset. I'll say the same thing I was saying about it last week. Um, celebrations. Cele- celebrations is yeah. the problem. Yeah, the celebration. You score as many goals you want, but yeah. you don't need to celebrate. Be tasteful like, after. Like you just, I mean, and I get it. Like it's you know, you've been working your whole life to get this World Cup, and you're scoring this goal. I understand it, but like at a certain point, stop being a baby. Suck yeah. it up and celebrate like a grown up, and don't do like don't run around counting your goals and like rubbing people's noses. Yeah, and I didn't see them up it, so I didn't know any of that. At a certain point, when you're up like fifteen to nothing, score a goal. You know, put your head down. You do a little fist pump, high five your teammates, do whatever. But like, you don't have to have some elaborately choreographed routine at that point. It's just sort of like, act like you've been there before. Hmm. I, think you've, I think that's totally right. Yeah, that seems right. Uh, I'm going to do a couple... Uh, I'm just going to do one question uh, out of these bits from other blogs since uh, we're running very short on time, it seems Sam's like. Really. I do have to go to bed. Uh, all right. Uh, and I guess, again, this is a restaurant one as well. Uh, Kevin, you're a former waiter. I'm a former waiter. Uh, Heather's just out. Heather's out. You're a waitress. You're a waitress. Do you guys have any special techniques for getting bigger tips? Any special techniques for all the waiters out there for getting bigger tips? Uh, I mean, I'll take this one real quick. I mean, just be honest with people. I think that most times having like an open, like being honest and being realistic with a person, answering their questions, lets you know that you're just like a regular person like them and that you're just sort of enjoying the process. And that always worked really well for me. Just sort of being myself and not feeling like I'm forcing something on them or I'm running through a routine. So, I don't know. Making them feel like it's special, even if it's not. Kev, any thoughts for you? Yeah, I just, I mean, run them through the routine without them knowing they're getting run through a routine. Yeah. Honestly, just charm them. Yeah. Turn it on and just hit them with it and mow them down and leave it at the point where, like, I can't believe, you know, it's, you do it for long enough, you can just do it, I feel like. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, all right, have any techniques no, for you? I was on waitress long enough. <laughs> they just... offered to fight, told me I could fight, or they fired me. <laughs> right. uh, some of the things we missed this week, um, uh, marijuana did not get legalized in New York that State, but it did get decriminalized. Uh, makes you wonder, though, and I read through the decriminalization, decriminalization stuff, how they couldn't just go a little bit farther and yeah, legalize right. it. But, I mean, I... Because a huge, 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 huge chunk of the state is basically Alabama. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good point. Uh, we also did not talk about Pluto, which apparently, according to uh, physicsandastronomy.org today, is now being re- officially Whatever. Whatever. reclassified. I don't, I don't, I don't want to know. Whatever. Whatever. As a planet. I can't Over even hear it. this about Pluto. Pluto's back. Whatever. It's, it's whatever back. you believe about uh, it's back. Pluto. Pluto's back. Believe whatever you want about Pluto. Yeah. Whatever you believe it's is back. fine for you. Uh, we did not get into a new study this week uh, about uh, vitamins, multi, uh, massive vitamins. Apparently, vitamins don't do anything for you. Those multivitamins. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. Yeah, yeah really. It's a big scam. It's a big waste of money. Well, because so your body has a capacity, mm-hmm. basically like a carrying capacity for each vitamin. So your body can only have and take and process like X amount of vitamin yes. C. 
So if you way overdo it on the vitamin C, you're not doing anything. You're just peeing out extra vitamin C. Yeah. Awesome. I'm saying that, like all the all the. You see people on the internet vitamins. all the time talking about their hair for their mm. hair and vitamins for this and vitamins. For not that. And not to say that there aren't different like no, vitamin things that can help people that have certain yeah, like whatever. Yeah, if you're deficient, whatever. like D and B twelve. Yeah, if you're yeah normal. you're deficient, you're running, you're not getting something you need. I from think your what diet they mean is like natural, like a I know, centrum like, silver, right? Like or something like that, like some big multivitamin. I feel like it's probably not doing all that much. Like some vitamins, they're silly. Yeah, it just seems like yeah, that's not a cure all for any concern, right? Don't I took my one vitamin for the day? No, I know. Have you ever took vitamins on a regular basis? Yeah, I think when I was younger, I took like chewable vitamins. Like, but that's, yeah, Flintstones, Flintstones, Flintstones vitamins. Yeah, yeah. Flintstones vitamins. I weep for you. <laughs> they were delicious. I, I love that. That's like a top. Like candy and you only that's have like a top one. five candy. <laughs> <laughs> you could only have one, and they're like, huh. Uh, and last but not least, from a quick Doomsday report. Uh, there is a report coming out of Portugal about a new type of rock formation that is incorporating the plastic pollution in the water. It's oh, called great. plastic crust, and it's showing up on the beaches awesome. uh, in Portugal. Check it out! Another sign of the end times coming right at you. Uh, before we go this week, I just wanted to share with you guys one thing. My uh, Next week um, is the premiere of season three of Stranger Things, which I know, oh, you know, varying levels of excitement. Is it really? Yeah, yeah July, next week's July. I like they normally do that in, like, October. October. I do it. It's... It, I think the story takes place in July 4th, like, in the season. So they're trying to do, like, the Independence Day thing. Where Plus, it's like, realistically, they've got to crank it out as soon as possible because those kids are all growing. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and the reason I wanted to talk about it is my niece, who I love very much, my wonderful niece, has her first celebrity crush. I don't know if I've talked about this in the show before. And she's had it for a while, and it's on Steve from Stranger Things, the the Dustin's buddy. Like, uh, Joe, Joe Carey is sense. his name, yeah. Uh, and I was curious if you guys remembered who your first celebrity crush was growing up. God. You don't remember? Do. Who was it? It was Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood. What did you see him in? It was a movie. I don't was it? I can't remember what movie it was even in. Was he like... Uh, Not The Good Son. That would be weird. My Girl? Was he yeah, in that no, one? No, no, that was Macaulay Culkin. I'm trying to think like, North? what I remember. North? Maybe. I Justin, you're an Elijah Wood remember. guy. What movie was Elijah Wood in? The Good Son? Yeah, the Good that Son. Already. That might have been... Was he The Good Son? No, he was The Good One. He was like a... He was the good one. Macaulay was bad. So Elijah Wood, though, is your I guy. I loved him. I wrote to him. He never wrote you, <laughs> did, did you like a fan club? Like, or? I really did, yeah. Kevin, what about you? Your first celebrity crush you can remember of? I don't really remember like a first first. I would think maybe like... Maybe like Kelly Kapowski on Saved by the Bell, probably. Saved by the Bell. Something like that. Um, I don't know. I want to say my first inclination, I think I've said this before, is either Nev Campbell from Scream or Jennifer Love Hewitt just from being on TV in that time. Like, I, I was, like, there's like, Party of Five, I think. Makes sense. It was yeah. late. Not yeah, when you were, like, a kid. I'm trying to remember. If, like, you were, like, a like teen. Yeah. I'm trying Three to think of, like, before that. I don't know if I was, like, <laughs> I don't know if I cared about, like, the Kelly Kowalski, like, stuff at that age. I don't know if they... Nobody cared about the Kelly Kowalski stuff. No, it's true. Uh, I don't... Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of an earlier one that comes to my mind off the top of my head. They're all, like, weird. I feel like there's all, like, weird, like... Yeah, nothing that really... Because it doesn't really crystallize as yeah. why you're paying extra attention to this person when you're that young. You just know there's people that, like, oh, I like this person. I like seeing them, but you're not yeah. really... You don't really have the tools to decipher why you're thinking the way you're thinking. You know what, though? Shout out to my... One of my younger sister's friends, Lauren, who I had a, or my older sister's friends, Lauren, who I had a crush on, because they were like ten years older than me when I was like. Yeah. So I think one of my sister's friends. That was always was probably, mine. Was very much real. That was never like it was people that I knew. Yeah, like one of my yeah. sisters. So shout out to whichever one of my sister's friends that was. I think her name was Lauren. Thanks, Lauren. <laughs> uh, all right. So that's it. Uh, oh, and sad news. Uh, 
Tar- uh, I don't know if we're GFOPs from Maiden Utica, Sabrina and Ferris, they lost their dog Loki this oh, week. I and Loki was one of my favorite dogs. Great dog. Mm. Uh, feel for you guys. Very sad. Um, all right. Send him some love on social media. Let him know. Uh, all right. That's it, guys. Uh, thanks for joining us this week. Thanks again to Katie Martin for joining us. You can follow Heather on Twitter at HeatherWaz1. You can follow Kevin at underscore Kevin Sullivan. You can follow me at SF Doom, Or you can just follow the show at Uticast. We are on Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud, uh, Twitter, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Podcasts, taking over the web. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to document on uh, on DC. We'll see. We'll see how excited I get when we actually get out there. I feel like I'm going to be really busy. Uh, that's it, folks. Uh, Woodstock lives. Keep it tight. Sign our humanoids. The hate machines are rolling. We are desperately out of time. We will see you next week from the Uticast. Oh, yes. Oh, yes.